Hello, internet friends, and welcome to episode number 144 of Final Boss TV, your Wild Gay Rain show. I am your host, my name is Adam K.A.K. Bay, and today will be the Frost and Unholy DK show for what may or may not be sad, but hopefully not. The last time I will be sort of merging specs together, so when the second pass it's going to be focused on like the end of tomb into Argus for this this show. I will be splitting apart every single spec itself. So yes, that means that all rogues, all mages, all hunters, and all warlocks get their own show per spec, which means it'll take me like almost four months to get through those. But, but people have been asking about it for years. So every single spec will be totally its own entity going forward after we're done with these next uh, this show plus six more. Elemental Shaman is up next for those that have been wondering. But real quick, before we get any deeper, I need to do a big shout-out, of course, to everyone over on Patreon helping support the show and making sure it keeps going. And in particular, the assistant producers, Truffles, Ludovicus, Tazlin, Dalthier, R4, and Quinn. Thank you very much for your continued support over there on Patreon. But if you are interested in more podcasts, they exist. So over on Patreon, I sit down with my guests every week pre-show, pre sort of meet and greet style, and these become podcasts. So there's Jace and Hyper and myself for almost an hour. You can just click on the Patreon BTS uh, tag right here, and you can just find all of the past shows. You can follow along on the show notes. There are 17 or 18 of these now, where it's 18 right now. Yeah, so if you're behind, then you, know, you can catch up. Well, those are all listed right there, only available to the supporters on Patreon. Thank you very much your continued support making sure the show keeps happening but enough out of me i got two guests today i have one returning jace welcome back to the show sir you're not baby jace anymore you're just jace nah my character's still name is uh baby jace but you're just jace now yeah yeah my twitch is jace dk yeah fair enough well welcome back it's been almost two years or something ridiculous since we sat down and it was a different time then Ugh. Yeah, HFC farm. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it was the Warlords of Ketchup episode. Gross. DKs have changed a little bit since then, yeah? Yeah, they've changed the, quite a bit. A lot, actually. Joining you in the fresh meat category, there's Hyperion or Hyper. Welcome, sir. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on the show. Now, you're here to talk about Arms Warrior, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Going to Master Race. Alright, I was making sure. This is an Arms Warrior Fury. We already talked about Arms and Fury before, but just to make sure we're talking about it again today, right? It's, it's, it's the spec to roll as a Death Knight. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What? <laughs> don't don't think about it. If you, if just, you don't question it, it makes sense. Just let it happen? Just let it happen? Yep. Okay. Perfect. Beautiful. Love it. But, uh, well, I'll go back over here. We'll go to the, the fresh meat here. Hyper, what have you, what do you do in the Acarus community for DKs and whatnot? What, uh, need some accolades? Plug yourself? Real quick here. Uh, well, recently I started making video guides over on YouTube. Uh, it's mostly intro guides for anyone looking to get into the spec. It's a great spot to, you know, get you started. And then if anyone PMs me or, uh, you know, asks me for some advice, I can more go into more advanced details, stuff like that. I just like helping people out. But other than that, I just raid, you know, mythic level. That's about it. Okay. 
how long have you been dabbling in in Death Knight? Um, well, I rolled to Death Knight in HFC. Okay. I was unholy there, and then I've been playing Death Knight since. Fair enough. I mean, I think anyone... There's a weird divide, I think, in how I've understood the community perception of, like, when you start playing a spec. But so much is, like, clean slate, brand new in Legion, that even if you just started playing right before Legion and you've been learning and growing this last nine months, like, that's... That's significant because there's so much to digest and learn and artifacts, relics, and traits, and... Yeah, especially with Legion, they changed a lot of things, so it's playing mm -hmm. a brand new class, basically. Yep. And how about you, Jace? What do you do in the, the DK sphere, sir? Um, so, I'm a moderator in the uh, Accurus Discord. I also uh, make random videos like how to do the uh, the frost artifacts so you don't aren't tortured like I was. Um, <laughs> uh, how to do you know? I just post videos of like you know high mythic plus uh, progression. You know mythic kills from a DK perspective because a lot of people want to know that. So I mostly do that. I'm just you know I moderate from time to time as well. Fair enough. And how long have you been dabbling in Death Knight again? Uh, I've been playing a Death Knight since, like, a little before 4.1, back in Cataclysm. Oh, gosh. Very long time I've been playing Death Knight. Was that, were those the iterations of Death Knights back in Cata where there was so much downtime because of the way that runes worked back in the day? And, like, your abilities cost runes, and some cost, like, two, like, runes, and you only could have one rune recharging when... Like, no, the runes are recharged. Only one can recharge at a time, right? So it's just like this terrible, weird hit that button. Hit um, that button. It wasn't like too <laughs> bad. And it wasn't really much different from what it was today. Um, it was a little slower paced if you went like Frost Presence, but everyone back then went on Holy Presence. Like, mm, okay. everyone went on Holy Presence. It just was better. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's when Presence existed. I totally had to block that out of my <laughs> mind. Those are, those are oh, gone. Yeah. Those are definitely Very gone. long time ago. And then other, we have some resources. We were trying to figure out, I always want to bring this up on the show. And every time, you know, obviously the, the Discord is a very prevalent resource as itself right now, right? So if you need any of the links to any of the Discord channels, you can hit the exclamation point guide, command, and chat. And all the different Discords are available for you on the Final Boss TV channel guide, which also has a lot of other resources built in there. But those are super helpful. But with, with that... I was at a pinpoint. There are certain things that have been created. So you guys have a few things here. We had two FAQs that you linked me, and then Banter made this gigantic spreadsheet. Who wants to walk me through a bit of like this spreadsheet real quick? Um, so Banter basically has been making this gigantic spreadsheet ever since Emerald Nightmare, where um, he goes over all the different like legendary combinations, all the trinket combinations. All the different, you know, like relics, like what's better, how many eye level do you need for it to, you know, be better, or you know, all this information. Um, I don't know how he does it. That is, it just takes a lot of time to do. So, you know, Banter's awesome when he uh, basically takes the time out of his uh, life to do all this stuff for us. You have, you have unholy SR trinkets. You've got two you've got a frost breath Cindergosa one well the, the name is broken i guess on this one you've got this huge got different combinations here it's right above where the mouse is is the like the, the top bar for this you have a relic charts for all specs which is just silly 
this is not the the date on here says it'll be rolling out by the 25th for 725 stuff so this right now is up to date to 72 but yeah all these different breaths of dragosa keeps going and going and going and going this is like the back end information but all you have to worry about is like the the graphs and stuff but these, oh yeah, and then of course the, the doge bird of Shibe. Get that off the screen. But these are, I'm trying to read if there's something else that was on this thing. I mean, it, plugs, it plugged you in this, Jace. I don't know how much you had to pay for that. Um, I don't actually have to pay anything. He just does it. <laughs> I didn't. I actually okay. didn't ask. I didn't even know it was there until like someone brought it up, and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Because um, when it comes to stuff like this, like I don't really contribute too much. Um, so I was actually very shocked that I was in there. Yeah, this is wild stuff. But then also, one of you linked one of these, and the other one you linked the other. There are two FAQs here. Which one did you did you toss me the? The frost one or the unholy one, Hyper? Because there's two I tossed you the unholy one. Right. Um, so, it was linked to me yesterday. So it's, yeah. yeah, these are... So I was like, okay, it's like a little FAQ guide. But then I realized... Let me see if I can get this on screen. 22-page FAQ guide. 22 <laughs> pages for unholy. <laughs> and the frost one is 23 pages. So these are a little bit yeah. ridiculous. Mishy oh, yeah. put together the Frost DK FAQ, and then Max Way was working on with um, on the Unholy One. So are these? You recently just found these though, but how how good are these as resources? Did either of you find crazy inaccuracies? Hyper, did you see anything crazy with the Unholy One? Or I looked over the Unholy One; and it seemed mostly accurate. Um, there's a few things with Sims which are. Um, I don't think as accurate as they could be, obviously because Sims are still very early on, early on in the patch. Of course. But I'm sure he's going to update those, you know, whenever the, the Sims get updated. Yeah, Other than that, the trinkets and legendaries, you know, build, everything seemed accurate in there. Okay. Yeah, these are really nice. I mean, so these are both linked, of course. They'll be in the description box on... On the YouTube video, in case you're looking at these right now, like where are the links? They'll always be in down link down below, and then you'll probably find them in the in the Discord as well. Are they both pinned anywhere? I thought like one of them wasn't, and one of them was like found to be being worked on. So, um, the Frost one I think is pinned. The Unholy one is not. Um, I think there's someone else working on a, a, a completely separate Unholy document. Okay. So. Fair enough. But for right now, these will be definitely linked as well as uh, Banter's thread, his spreadsheet as well, which will be updated within in the, within the week that'll have more stuff on it. So those are three huge resources that that DKs can can dig into. Is there anything else of note that you want to bring up for uh, for aspiring DK players that they can go look for to answer their own questions or just bother you guys in Discord, right? Uh I definitely recommend going to the Discord and reading the resources and the pins. Um, don't go into Discord and ask, like, the obvious question, what's better, Frost or Unholy? Like, okay. Or maybe that's not, like, such an obvious question, but, like, don't go in and asking stuff like that because um, people get spammed that a lot and it's annoying to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, you can always try the uh, the Wowhead guides. I know that they're pretty decent. Um, I tried checking out the ICV ones and... There's some errors on there, so I would 
I don't recommend looking at those quite yet. Um, maybe they'll get fixed in the future. Uh, who knows? Right. I think I, like, word up, Senpai, he was working on, and he has his hands in a handful of them. Like, he does Fury Warrior, Enhancement Shaman, Havoc, Demon Hunter. I think he works with other people to make Survival Hunter, too. And all weekend, that's all he was doing, is working on those. Outside of recording the video that I did with him. That's just like, so it always take a ton of time to make sure they happen. So yeah, give the, the guide writers and the curators a little bit of time on the Icy Veins thing. So yeah. make sure they're all good, but they should be. Dang, one person made all those guides? Really? Well, that's crazy. it's it's like a, a team effort. I think Word Up does all of the actual hard work, but I know he like, Archie does arms, but he does Fury. Word Up does Fury. I think they work together to make Fury work. I don't know. It's just sharing the load, I suppose. Samwise, Gamgee style. So, yep. That guy sounds like a jack-of-all-trades, master of all. That man could play World of Warcraft on stilts with sticks. If he's that good, it's fine. So, patches. And as the show moves forward here, I'm not really going to dwell too much on patch 7.2. It's sort of, we've been in it. We're in 7.25 now. We're going to move forward with that. So some of the tweaks of the show, you'll notice that we kind of like skip over or don't talk about certain things as much. So, 7.25 had some... Changes, some tweaks. It's a little bit, a little bit of frost, way more to unholy. So I'm just gonna go. I'll toss this over to, to hype first. We're gonna go over. Frost had a damage aura, three percent. Then blast radius, as many frosty kids will be sad about, was nerfed. The trait, however, rhyme was added for frost scythe. Throne breaker, the trait was changed for frost scythe, and that was it. I mean, how impactful were these overall, though? Like, is 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 Frost dead because Blast Radius is nerfed? Ah! Um, no, obviously it's not. From especially this week's logs, um, you saw that there's a bunch of Frost DK still doing very well, and uh, Blast Radius nerf was pretty impactful since it was our hardest hitting AOE spell, and even single target, it came very close to Breath of Syndragosa. Uh So that was definitely a huge nerf uh, to the to. Uh, Howling Blast and everything, but with the damage buff, the overall 3%, and then now with the AoE buffs also, it Frost will be very situational, I think. It's not dead, definitely not dead, very playable. It does really good damage, but ultimately it will come down to the set bonuses and the boss design. Fair enough. Yeah, that's one thing, you bring that up, it's interesting. On the BTS podcast, we went into this, like, ridiculously, and overall, the course of the show, we'll see this as a trend, that there is... A very real possibility that you DKs out there will be playing both Frost and Unholy throughout, at least through Tomb. Depending on what your, your progression focus is, like if you're pushing like really high-end Mythic and stuff like that. So, to toss it over to you, Jace, Unholy had a ton of things. Damage or up by 5%, Dark Arbiter last 20 seconds up from 15 uh, the Valkyr Strike was nerfed by 24%, but that's because it just lasts longer, right? So you can put more damage into it the way that it works. Death Coil had huge buffs, more damage, 40% more damage. Cost a little more runic power. Defile went way up, 38% damage. Instructor's Fourth Lesson was tweaked. The Shadowy Infusion for Dark Transformation cooldown reduction buff to 7 seconds from 5. But Sudden Doom procs a little less often. So overall, like, <laughs> Jay's talking about Unholy. Um, so these changes are pretty good. So the main main people, a lot of people think like, oh man, why did they 
you know, buff Darth, uh, Death Coil, but then, you know, increase the runic power costs, and why do they nerf Sudden Doom? Well, the problem with Unholy, that Unholy has actually been facing since the very first raid of the expansion is that it is completely overcapped on resources. Like, there is never a moment where you, you are not doing something. You have to do something constantly, and it was actually such a really terrible way to play, which was um, amplified by the fact that our T19 gives you more resources, so it's like... And all your legendaries are very resource-based. So er, it, the, the spec was just flooded with resources. So that the fact that they made Death Coil cost more and they made Sudden Doom proc less, I think those are like really good, you know, quality of life playstyle changes. Very good. Um, as for all the other damage changes, I mean, like, they, I mean, Unholy needed it. It was just so, it was getting behind damage-wise. So these are all very solid changes. And now Unholy can compete with Frost and maybe even be better on single target. Yeah, that was... I remember from beta testing, Unholy felt like you got into these periods of time where you did your your wound and your festering strikes and your well, you broke all your things, and then you just had so much runic power that you just, like, shotgunned out, like, a bajillion death coils, like, back to back to back to back to back, like, between a, a global or two here or there, which just felt really bad. It felt... And you had to always hit Sudden Doom when it procced immediately because you don't want to, like, let it reproc and you mess, you know, lose one. So the smoothing out of the death coil cost and sudden dooms proc less feels way better, you'd say? Yeah. Um it just there was a, you would have a lot of times where you'd be at like full runic power, you'd have two charges of sudden doom and you're just like I I don't know what I'm supposed to do. There's just so many different resources coming in like all your runes are about to come up and you just you're like never sure like what you're supposed to be doing like it just played like crap. I mean, back in beta, Death Coil used to cost 30 runic power, so it was even worse. Um, they made it cost 35 somewhere towards the end of beta to try and help, but I mean, like, it it was still pretty... Uh, it, it didn't really do much. And then to throw that over on the other side, because in, like, the melee sphere, we get kind of, like, grumpy, or we, we talk about it, and I, I opened the show, right, with a joke about, about Warrior... But there are a couple of specs right now that just feel super solid. Like you can rotate a couple of talents around, you can you can fill the void here and there, but the rotation, the building spending aspect, cooldown, lineup, etc. Frost has been really solid all Legion. So were these little tweaks just enough to like keep Frost where it is and just focus on what it's supposed to be? I mean, you could talk to me about how what the what the DK community for Frost feel about, you know, Frost Scythe probably working with Rhyme, like, was that a significant change, Hyper? Like, how that all... Um, yeah, it was a pretty nice quality of life change, because before you would Frost Sight, but you wouldn't get any Rhyme procs off of it, and for your biggest AoE is just spamming Frost Sight and using up those rhymes, Rhyme procs, you know, with the massing, massive Howling Blast, especially if you stack the triple Relic uh, for Rhyme. And... It really makes a huge difference on all-out AoE because before we just had a cookie-cutter build. You were using this build single-target AoE in all situations, and now there's actually going to be options, hopefully, especially with the ring, which I assume we'll be talking about later. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that that uh, there was so... Well, that's the whole point of the rings in general. Like, I found out when the Enhanced Showman video was put together and we were working all this stuff like that, that... Up until this point, it feels like legendaries were just like, you had two, wore all the time, might have a third one that you wore for like Mythic Plus and AoE nonsense. But outside of that, we were kind of pigeonholed. But now with the 
the two new legendaries we all getting in the ring specifically, there's a lot of other talent combinations that really could work out really well, depending on the, you know, the encounter, the thing ahead of you. So, I want to briefly go over the new traits that you both were given. I'm just going to go right back over to, uh, to Hyper here for the Blades of the Fallen Princes. Anything of, of major note to bring up about, so you got, you know, Thronebreaker, which was nerfed a little bit, or changed-ish, and then Runic Chills, or anything of, of major note to bring up about the Goldens, or the new traits? Um, obviously the, the first day, uh, Thronebreaker was just broken, and, or, was it the first day? Yeah, and Runic Chills, you could get, the Cinderagosa's Fury down to a very low cooldown with the Legendary Pants, which was also nerfed. Um, it's a really nice DPS increase, just straight damage increase. Thronebreaker does decent. It doesn't add anything to the gameplay too much, but it was just a nice damage boost. And as for uh, Runic Chills, which reduces the cooldown of Syndragos' Fury, it was also just a nice little, um, you know, bonus to it. Sometimes you can get two dragons in or even three on longer fights instead of just one. Okay. But yeah, it didn't change the okay. gameplay too much. It was just a nice little uh, damage buff. Yeah, they're both very passive, and that's... I, I still sort of fight for this, back going back to beta when I was testing. I still don't understand the whole crystalline sword, crystalline sword, passive, floaty versions are so lame. <laughs> they're so lame, at least to me, yeah. looking at the outside in. And I don't know if the Frost DK community feels the same way, but like... I mean, because originally, Cindergos' Fury was your golden, not a golden dragon. It was your circle. But how, I mean, how much, the tooltips are so terrible, too, because I don't even tell me how much damage they even do. There's no modifier on these at all. But, like, how often is, Thronebreaker just means that Obliterate uh, just deals extra damage. Basically, yes. Uh, Thronebreaker, it does a pretty significant portion of the damage uh, during Gul'dan, progress i had the trait and our other frosty didn't and it was doing quite a bit more it was doing about 10 percent ish of my damage hmm. so it's a pretty hefty chunk but yeah it, it just doesn't add to the gameplay and as for the you know floaty swords kind of tune them out they only pay attention to them <laughs> yeah they yeah. there could have been because the blades of the fallen prince are reforged pieces of frostborn and in nowhere, like, there's also frosty magic in Arthas, right? But in nowhere in his lore do I remember like him just making other swords anywhere. Souls and frozen things and minions, sure, but where where did this come from? I don't, I don't know. Kind of a random idea. More swords. Two, two is not enough. Apparently, yeah, for sure. All right then, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, Rune Frost is just higher chance for runic. Empowerment. I guess that was the one big change that happened in seven one five, right? That all DKs, Blood Frost, only got their own Frost, or they got their own Runic like affinity caked into their spec, right? So Frost has Runic Empowerment, and Unholy has Runic Corruption. Was that um, no, that was uh, that was actually in beta. That was a change they made oh, in uh, the beta. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. This just increases the chance, so now while we have Breath yeah. of Syndragosa up, we actually are able to proc, um, you know, those free free procs, and it happens just way more often. Again, it's just a little passive buff, uh, doesn't change the gameplay at all. 
Okay, yeah, right, yeah. Because Runic Empowering for Frost is just when you spend Runic Power, you have a 1.5% chance per RP spent to gain a rune, which you then, of course, just spend immediately if, yeah. you're, if you're in Breath. And then you have Runic Corruption for Unholy is you have a 1% chance per RP you spend to increase rune regenerate by 100% for three seconds. Um, I don't know if this is a thing anymore, but I know... I know um... hmm? The more haste you had, or something like that, where the more haste you have, the um, the it wouldn't be three seconds; it would be like a little less than that, because they wanted to give you the same consistent amount of runes. Because you know, obviously, the more haste you have, the the your runes regen much faster. I think it and might work like that. Yeah, because it's not it, a constant three seconds, but it's yeah. it's like okay. My my problem with these uh, with that change where they just made it all right. So this is what Frost gets. This is what Unholy gets. Is mm -hmm. that um, it, they took away a lot of choice. So back in Wad and in Mop, you had the choice between those two or Blood Tap, and almost everyone high end went for Blood Tap because even if it was like just barely better, the fact that it gave you control over when you got those runes yeah. was very significant. I mean, you could. You could bank two runes for uh, for blood and have a death strike, an emergency death strike, anytime you wanted. Or you could, um, you know, have runes banked for AOE as Unholy or Frost, which was really nice to have. It was really nice to have that control. And now it's just kind of like a you take a mallet and you just, you know, whack a mole and you either get a proc or you don't. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's some reactory stuff to it, but I feel like they wanted to put the rune play style as sort of to say. I mean, Blizzard loves their their RPPMs. They love their like little reactory RNG right now. So overall, though, it doesn't it doesn't really change the gameplay too much. That has that Frost is locked into Runic Empowerment and Unholy is rocked into Corruption. Though, right? You just kind of like it's just part of how the spec plays now. But, yeah, I wish I would have Blood Tap for Breath Center Ghost though. Oh, that'd be so nice. <laughs> Probably that's why you don't have it. Would be a little OP. I see why they didn't put it in. How about the uh, the seven two goldens and the new traits for unholy on apocalypse, Jace? Anything major of note to go over here? Honestly, they all suck. <laughs> okay. They actually they do. They they actually are, they're not very good. Um, I mean, like, okay, you get runes back when you apoc. It's like okay, you know, it's like all right, I'll I'll take free runes. Um, but like you can compare the frost that you know. Crystalline swords, or you can compare Thronebreaker with Black Claws, and it's like Black Claws is like okay, it's like barely a thing, and like Crystalline swords is like you get ten percent more damage, or it's like ten percent of your damage. So it's there's a very big difference in uh, the power of the Unholy new traits and the Frost new traits. Yeah, they suck though. With Black Claws too, uh, it's actually sometimes detrimental because if you go up to six uh, uh, wounds on the target, sometimes your pet might pop one and you're trying to Apocalypse and you pop five by mistake. So you have to make sure you're at least at seven. Yeah. Kind um, of messes with the gameplay a little bit. How many how many uh, Fester wounds can you have on a target maximum? Eight. Uh, yeah, eight. Okay. Yeah, so you're forced to overcap before you APOC, because APOC will only ever pull down six. Right. That's, I didn't think about that, but that is kind of obnoxious. Huh. It, it used to be way worse. See, back in uh, Emerald Nightmare and in the uh, Tomb of... Or not Tomb. Uh, Trial of Valor, um, APOC would pop up to eight. 
So if you if we would have had this new trait and APOC was still like eight, that would have been really very annoying. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to control it at all then, because then you'd want to build to eight, and then your your ghoul, your A bomb pops one, and you're like, okay, well, all right, I guess I'm getting one less ghoul. Because you could cast on the same GCD that it pops one, I would suppose, and then just only get seven ghouls. Yeah. That sounds a little silly. I mean, at least they're... I don't know if these are new. I mean, they're, they're new to the, the DK, I think. Because, I mean, for enhancement, all I got is a, is a rehashed, uh, redesigned Searing Flames from Firelands, which was patched out of the game because it was bad. It's back, though. <sighs> yeah. No, no salt there, of course. I'm fine. It's a, no, no salt at all. But fair enough. Uh, both in the FAQs and I believe in your resources, you have like at this point, though. Again, things we don't need to talk about is you get AK40 now, like right off the bat, even on an alt. And leveling up any trade is fine. Just take ones that give you DPS, and then eventually you get your new. You know, you, you can get Concordance one so fast now. It's just not even. There's no like leveling guide anymore. And then even when you get 26 for free on a new character, and 26 to 40 is like three and a half hours per AK now, it's just, there's no reason to have leveling guides for traits anymore. Just, just take them. Yeah. You pretty much just, you just get them all. I mean, does, yeah. does it say you do more damage? All right, just, just grab it. It really doesn't matter. You're yeah. going to get everything anyways. But I guess the last thing on this one, though, uh, Hyper, what is Frost looking like? for relics for tomb though it looks like the relic priority will still be about the same blast radius will still be the best even though it's nerfed and then you know cold as ice which just passively buffs your damage and then probably we'll be seeing ambidexterity as the third best one for single target um but the priority hasn't really changed much this patch okay how about for unholy jace anything change your relic priority um, the Virulent Plague, uh, trait is still going to be pretty, pretty strong. Um, it just makes your disease do more damage, which is already something that's doing a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if, if you can't get that, the Darkest Crusade is not bad. And, um, the, uh, the Death Coil one is like, you know, it's, that's also like not too bad because Death Coil just does so much damage. But I mean, you, you want the Virulent Plague one, but I mean, if you can't get it, the other two are like pretty reasonable choices. Okay. Are those and those are available in in two, obviously, because there's a whole um, slew of new relics. I think one Virulent Plague is available on the Shadow Relic off of Kill Jaden. Mm -hmm. And then you have two uh Darkest Crusade relics off of uh Maiden of Vigilance and uh the Fallen Avatar. So all of our the best the best three relics in that raid come off of the last three bosses. Fair enough. Seems that seems fine. And for Frost, it will, uh, you know, be back to farming BRH. They then add the Blast Radius Relic. As far as I know, unless they changed it, uh, oh, it was okay. the same for Nighthold. You know, endlessly farming BRH, hoping on that Titan Forge. Feels bad well, now, but... Well, the, the loot goes up Tuesday. No, next Tuesday. Yeah, the loot should go up next Tuesday, so your boxes will be 920. So, which is a little ridiculous. From your your to do a fifteen, it's a mythic fifteen, which is like an old eighteen nineteen. So they're definitely not like super easy until you get new gear. It'll be fine. Right now they're a little, little challenging, but 
so discussion topic sides. So there's been a lot of scuttlebutt on like, and as this, this stream started out with the whole like, go roll holy, that, you know, unholy sucks, Frost is the best, or now Frost is dead, roll holy. And like, where do each spec, like, where do they lie against each other going into tomb? Because you have the same problem that I think, in the most part, I guess, Unholy uh, and Frost have a similar situation with Arms and Fury Warriors, where they're like, well, Arms is way good. It's going to get nerfed, though. So just play play Arms, or play play Arms for now, then play Fury eventually. So, like, where, where do you see the differences between the two specs and how you're going to play them, right? Jace, I'll toss it over to you. What do you think so far going into Tomb? Literally on Tuesday. Yeah, um, so... My knowledge, obviously, of what I think is going to be good and not good in Tomb is based on PTR testing. So anything could change. Just want to throw that disclaimer out there. Anything could change from, you know, today into live on Tuesday. From what I've experienced, though, it it does seem like uh, Frost has the it, somewhat advantage on AoE, specifically Harjitan. Um, who knows? That boss could be super undertuned. Maybe it won't matter. Maybe you could just go on Holy and it just really won't matter, like how... Um, um, that bird boss and HFC didn't really matter what spec you played because it was so easy. Um, but it does seem like on if you want single target damage, um, it does seem like Unholy is going to really provide for that. Now, maybe some fights will have some cleave and it'll look like Frost is doing a little bit more. But um, back in um, Nighthold, um, we, we funneled a lot of gear to our rogue. Um, because single target damage on a lot of the bosses at the end was so important. And um, so, like, if you if you really want single target damage, um, I think Unholy is going to be where it's at. Okay. And its AoE isn't even that bad, so it's, like, it's still pretty good. Right. And then to turn that over, over to, to Hyper, then, was Frost only so good before now in Nighthold because of all the nonsensical, like, 7 of 10 bosses, like, oh, look, there are ads, AoE them. And just because of the prevalence of Breath of Syndragosa, did that, like, pull... Like, Breath of Syndragosa to Frost was the draft of souls to Fury. But yeah, that's always uh, it, tweaked a little bit. It definitely boosted Frost a little bit. Uh, Unholy obviously had the, the playstyle issues. But Frost with with uh, the trait, obviously, if you stack the triple relic, that was doing huge AoE damage. So even though Breath of Syndragosa was a major part of our damage... In AoE, most of it came from Howling Blast, actually, uh, because Breath of Syndragosa, obviously, you get dimin diminishing returns on anything over three targets. Mm. Um, even at three targets, it splits, and then anything over that, you just start losing some damage. Obviously, it's still doing a lot, but yeah, a lot of Unholy or Frost Strength came from the, the big AoE. And looking at boss designs in you know, Tomb of Sargeras, it looks like there's going to be quite a few ad fights where you can cleave quite a bit. So I think that's where Frost's uh, strength will come from, mostly. Okay. Yeah, there's a few. There's like I would say there's like 2.5 bosses, especially in Mythic, that are very... Blizzard was like, how do they make this fight more difficult? Throw some ads in there. All right, some ads. You know, that that's... Because there are fights that don't have ads, like Demonic Inquisition and Heroic and Normal. They don't have ads. And Mythic is like, here are some ads. So that changes things, for Mythic anyway. But I, I, I guess the one big pink elephant in the room that still exists for DKs in general, and then, of course, with Tomb and new boss fights and not knowing all the muscle memory for them all, I've learned that is uh, 
this this M word, um, mo mobility. Oh, mobility. Um, how yeah. how is how is how is it being? Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, about being King Leoric. So, the biggest meme when it comes to Death Knights ever since um, beta, when they took away Death's advance, was that uh, DKs are have like no mobility, and it's then they added in Wraithwalk, and everyone kind of just shit on Blizzard and like. Wow, this ability sucks. You're pacified. Like it's you know long longer cooldown. It's just so, you know everyone hates Wraithwalk, and you know I'm not the biggest fan of it either. But um, in all honesty, in, during my time of progression, I haven't really felt like man. I really wish I had mobility. Um, it just hasn't really been the case, and I feel like it's just with smart placement. Um, it's just not really a problem. It's only a problem if you, you know, wait to the very last second to get off the bridge on Croesus because you don't have Fell Dash like a, you know, or Fell Rush like a, a Demon Hunter has. But I mean, it's really not too big of a deal. Saying that though, in Mythic Plus, it sucks. It actually is really bad in Mythic mm. Plus. It's very noticeable there. Um, but I am generally the tank in Mythic Plus, so uh, it doesn't really bother me as much because <laughs> I'm the one who pulls. So. Whenever I'm DPSing, it, it it's really noticeable because you know the poll is already halfway done by by the time I get there. There were I'm looking for the talents again because I thought I like I totally forgot something. Weren't there? I thought each I the I, yeah, I guess these are these are gone. No, they're not gone. Okay, yeah. There's White Walker and there's yeah there's Lingering Apparition. So yeah, looks like Unholy has the talent. To go faster during Wraith Walk and the reduced cooldown, and Frost has the yeah the damage reduction and the AOE slow. If you talent them, are, are these important to talent for extra whatever or for Frost you don't use it because you're losing survivability basically. Right. Uh, if you look at the other talent, it's Permafrost, yep. which just applies a shield to you. It's Kind of like having a, a mini pride as you know, it's uh, it's pretty nice. And then for unholy, it's kind of the same. You lose out on AMS power if you choose to get more mobility. And yeah, I definitely agree with with Jace here. Uh, mobility is not that big of an issue, especially in Nighthold. You know, it's been the meme that melee don't really have to do anything. But yeah, as long as you position correctly and you kind of preemptively move sometimes, for example, on Gul'dan fires, I sometimes start taking a step to the side before the fires even come in. And it's not that big of an issue. Now for Tomb, again, it, it will come down to boss design, depending on how many uh, mechanics are actually targeted at melee and how far we have to run out with them, things like that. But for Nighthold, it hasn't been that much of an issue. Okay. It's a 45 second cooldown by default, Wraithwalk is. I get, I mean, thematically, it's neat. The, the King Leoric joke is just mostly just poking fun, but you literally are. You hold your weapon. Well, the holding weapon over the shoulder thing is kind of a. Do your uh, frost weapons still like fly out of your hand a little bit to go over your shoulder when you do it? Because that is just a graphical bug, but it still looks stupid. But, I'm uh, usually too zoomed out to actually see it. That's but. fair. <laughs> but then, um, on the blood no. show, oh, I was gonna say, you have to glyph this thing so you don't float because you get stuck on things. Yeah, stairs, man. <laughs> yeah, you stairs. have to. 
You have to glyph it. It's like mandatory. It's a mandatory glyph because you actually get stuck on everything. It's mm -hmm. so annoying. Um, I will say this though, as far as the uh, the unholy Wraithwalk uh, talent that lowers the cooldown, um, there are certain fights where it's that is worth way more than a little more running power on AMS. And the fight that most comes to mind is Helia. Um, having the the ability to Wraithwalk every set of orbs when they're being shotgunned out and they were lasting, you know, really long time before they were nerfed was a big deal because those uh, those orbs were very deadly. Yeah. You also. Okay, the other thing is chat talks about the Wraithwalk glyph. Because it pushes you up in the air unglyphed, you get stuck on doors. You get stuck on everything, man. It's <laughs> the worst. You get stuck on stairs. You get stuck on little pebbles on the ground. It's yeah. the worst. <laughs> it's so funny. That's a good point, though. I, I, I wonder where that'll come in again with the fights. Like, I wonder how, how Maiden will feel for the slower mobility classes because the, the fight on Mythic, because you have to soak every orb on mythic like you have to every orb i wonder if there'll be strats where like the slower dps class have to hang back and like play goalie and then like slowly move up and the faster classes like zip through grab their orbs and get back to the boss because that there there is a very real separation of who and what specs are going to be way faster or more mobile than others so which could be a, a good thing you know play goalie so uh I actually have very relevant experience with this because I did maiden uh, testing recently. They actually oh. removed that mechanic, or oh. it wasn't. If if it's still there, it was not working, and we couldn't find it anywhere in the dungeon journal anymore. So we're pretty sure that this mechanic is removed. And if that's oh. the case, the way the way you're gonna do it is you're just gonna have, you're gonna just be stacked with your big group, and um, you're just gonna be eating orbs as they come in, you know. And ten stacks doesn't really seem like too big of a deal. Um, however, if that mechanic does come back, then you know. We'll have to reevaluate, but as far as we could tell, it, it was not working, or it wasn't there, and it wasn't in the dungeon journal anymore. Huh. So, I've heard about some mechanics being removed in the PTR cycles on the bosses. That's, I guess, unfortunate. But like, I'm thinking, if I wonder if they couldn't get the things to work properly, they had to remove things. I don't know. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, Desolate Host even works on Tuesday. Oh God. Because <laughs> it didn't. It was tested like a half a dozen times, and I don't think it ever worked, from what I was told. So, and that desolate host on Tuesday. So, uh, good luck. But I guess now moving over to the, the DK community as a whole and chat, you can join in on on this if you'd like. But and to to go back into this as I prefaced a little bit earlier, and now to to talk about this now directly, do you foresee? You playing both Frost and Unholy in, let's say, I guess Mythic Tomb is more relevant, because I don't think Unheroic it will matter too much. You'll play whatever one you play better, whenever you can have more Concordance, and whatever you've pushed more to that. But, well, I guess speaking to Concordance, Hyper, you're, are you still saving all your AP? Have you dunked I, it into a spec I, yet? I used it up. I used oh. it up on Unholy. Unholy? Yeah. Oh, no! Okay. Now grinding Frost. Well, my plan is just getting both up there to, you know, about 55 at okay. least. All right, that's fair. Yeah. But I guess that the whole swapping thing. Do you either of you foresee yourself actually swapping? I'll just stay with, with Hyper on this one. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. And this is the first raid where it might actually happen because previously, right, we had legendaries and would, which play a huge impact for every, every spec. And in Emerald Nightmare, you had probably two legendaries on progress. One legendary, it depends on how lucky you got. 
uh, so you couldn't really swap specs, even though we ended up having to midway. Well, for some people after, I guess. Mm -hmm. And for Nighthold, Frost was just so much better that we didn't have to swap. And since the specs are so balanced, it seems like for, for this raid, it seems like it will be the first raid where we might need to play both specs. And this happened in previous expansions where depending on the boss, you might have to go Frost or Unholy, uh, you know, whichever is stronger for the fight. And yeah, I definitely foresee, um, you know, having to swap. Okay. And then I guess the, the follow-up on that too, Jace, are the play styles, skill caps, ceilings, whatever, aren't super different between Frost and Unholy, right? I mean, going from a really smooth sort of builder-spender in Frost and then having a little bit of pet management for Unholy, it's not like way too different that you can't pick that up if you haven't done that before, right? Um, there's not even really pet management. You just, you can put your pet on passive, have it attack boss, and then just yeah. kind of forget about it. I mean, and like you can treat like Dark Transformation as like a, you know, another cooldown that you use. So sure, sure. it's not really too much pet management if you're, you know, if you're just trying to pick up the spec. Um, but yeah, the specs are a little different. I mean, you know, Unholy puts up a, an, a wound on a target and then you have to pop the wound on the target to get like resources and damage. Um, so they play, but they both played pretty differently. But I mean... You could just spend like a day even on like older raids and heroic or mythic and or even just in mythic plus just to get a feel for it. I mean, because that's how you I mean, that's how you're going to get better at it. You just yeah, you just have to play it. And it's just the way Legion has been. Um, you know, it's like Fisher Price, my first, you know, DPS class. It's, it, you pick it up pretty fast. Okay. There's then I guess what would you both say the spec would be like? What's their niche then? Because everyone always brings up enhancement versus um, uh, elemental, and how I don't just spec elemental, say for AOE, right? Uh, I don't respec to enhancement for like single target damage, right? Like you just never do that. So is there like a, a different echelon that either one would excel over the other that you would that would be your reason for for swapping? Jace, what would you say is unholies? Um, I, I not only just I think I think it's gonna just do so much more single target damage, especially on like you know short burst phases because the arbiter only lasts twenty seconds, right? So mm -hmm. all of your burst is like in twenty seconds, and uh, I think that's gonna be a pretty big deal um, on any fights where you really just want boss damage and like slight cleave. Whereas like on um, like if there's another fight like Gul'dan, you know maybe on Frost might be the thing because like Frost did considerably more damage than Unholy on, you know, like, the big eyes and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think single target is going to be, like, Unholy's, like, uh, little thing. And then on any fight with, like, a lot of AoE, like Harjotan, I think is going to be Frost. Uh, once again, unless they undertune it so much where it doesn't matter what you play. Right. And then, Hyper, would you, would you corroborate? Would you say you'd rather play Frost on AoE nonsense fights versus Unholy? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Frost, one big issue with Frost is that it gets extremely punished if you get mechanics during your Breath of Sindragosa, if you have to run out and it falls off. And since that's a huge chunk of your damage, uh, with Unholy, you just don't have that. You have Orbiter, it's a 20-second cooldown, or it lasts 20 seconds. Uh, you don't get as punished as Frost, but if, with Frost, you definitely have the burst AoE. You don't only have to ramp up your dots and you know spread it to all the targets. It's a very instant AoE, and yeah, definitely fights like Harjitan, where you need to kill a bunch of small adds. It will be probably the stronger spec. Okay. Fair enough. I guess it's very different. 
I don't have that. I don't have a spec that I play in that regard. My main ult's Havoc. Havoc just, like, maybe moves a talent to do that right now, basically. So there's not, like, a huge difference in playstyle. You just either stop hitting this button or hit that button. That's all it really changes. But if you have two different melee DPS specs in the same tree, that's what I would talk about on the Arms and Fury show, which has similar problems in back and forth, like Unholy and Frost do again, is that... Arms AoE, which has been nerfed a little bit. Like, Trauma got nerfed, their set bonus got nerfed, they took some hits, they had to. They were way too strong. It looked like the best for everything. Single target, AoE, execute, cleave, everything. So that becomes a problem where you just want to play only one spec. It's a demonology problem in HFC again. Like, why play any other range DPS, just play demonology warlock. And that becomes an issue, so... It's good to hear it's not as much of the case with Frost and Unholy. But I guess, are there any bugs or or tomfoolery problems, bits, issues with anything? I think we only had one to really bring up. Jace, you want to talk yeah. about Derp Arbiter? So yeah, the Dark Arbiter um, sometimes comes out and just doesn't do anything. And uh, apparently from what Banter has told me, because I talked to him about this last night, um, it's like little things that make it, you know, that delay it by like 0.5 seconds. And like all these little things add up to, you know, a significant amount of the time. Like, apparently, if you summon the Arbiter and she comes down on, um, you know, ground that is lower than where your character is and it takes her, like, a half a second to, like, do her thing. And there's, like, a lot of these, like, little things that can, like, add up. And it's it's stuff that you, you don't really control. Um, so <laughs> it just sucks when your Arbiter doesn't do anything for the first three seconds or whatever. Yeah. But that's the only thing. I think in the FAQ there was something else that was posted here. Let me go look. Uh, let me go back up to the top of this gigantic document. Oh, I messed. There we go. Uh, transferring a character sometimes can cause rune forges to be removed. So double check your rune forges. That happened <laughs> oh, yeah. to me when I transferred. I was on Starogger and I checked. I was like, I'm not proccing anything. Where's my unholy strength? Entire fight without the proc. I check my weapon. It's not there. Okay. So oh, that God. is a real thing. That's a real thing. All right. Completely forgot about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's actually a thing. So someone someone actually apped to my guild. I'm not going to name names, but they apped, and I was wondering, I'm like, why is your damage so low? Like, I don't understand. Uh-oh. And uh, I eventually saw that their weapon enchant was missing, and it was just like, oh, boy, bud, like, you did all of Gul'dan progression with no weapon enchant, and you killed it without a weapon enchant. It's like, that's that's not good, bud. Like, how do you not? how are you not tracking that? You should have noticed sometime yeah. in the, the 200 pulls you did. That's a weird one because DK still have rune forges, which I guess that you are sort of balanced around it because no one else has weapon enchants in, in the whole game. Well, we all do now. Concordance of Legion Fall is technically just a weapon enchant, but it's still a very flavorful thing to have Unholy Strength and then uh, Glyph of Razor Ice. Is that what you use on your offhand for Frost or main hand? I forgot what you do with it. Yeah, it's Fraser Ice on a uh, on the offhand. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would actually put it on the main hand. Or main hand. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Hand. Okay. If you ever use the Frost Scythe, um, Frost Scythe will proc Razor Ice on everything you hit, but only if it's on your main hand. Ooh. ooh. Yeah. Okay. So main hand Razor Ice, offhand Unholy Strength, or yeah. Okay. Mage Tower Challenge is a thing. I'm sorry, Jace. We have to talk about oh, this. God. We have to talk about this. Well, I'm, gonna, 
I'll go to Hyper first uh, on this. What do you what do you think of the two? You've done both Frost and Unholy, right? So Frost gets yep. Archmage Xylem closing the eye, and Unholy gets the impossible foe, which is Agatha. Hyper, what'd you what'd you think of the two Mage Tower challenges? I honestly like them. Um, obviously, there were some issues with them, and I did it the very first day when it came out, you know, in the first few hours. So a lot of the little tricks that exist now I wasn't aware of. Um, obviously, using defensive legendaries in the first few phases was huge. I didn't have either defensive legendary, Prydaz, or or the cloak. Actually, I might have used the cloak. But And then in the second phase, which is a burst phase, you can actually swap legendaries because there's a little off time. Um, so you can just swap into your DPS legendaries, and because the last phase it's all about DPS, you take basically no damage. But I thought it was fun. Obviously, there were some frustrations with lack of mobility and the little mirror phase where you had to chase the boss down. Um, other than that, I, I enjoyed it a lot. The Unholy one was significantly easier. I was much lower eye level on my DK when I did it, and it took me way less pulls. And at that point, I haven't played my Unholy spec in probably months because, you know, in EN I swapped. I really like them. Uh, the only issue with it was the how dependent on Legendary was for Frost in the, in the first phase. What about, uh, you have a different experience with the Mage Tower challenges, Jace. You want to... So, I did the, the Frost DK Mage Challenge uh, Tower uh, the very... You know, the second it opened, so there was no guides out. There's nothing out. Everything that I experienced, I you know, I was I was one of the people experiencing it for the first time. Um, looking back, um, it was awful. Uh, it was actually just horrifically bad. That challenge was so hard. And um, what was sad about it was, um, if you had Prides, it became like a trillion times easier, which was really sad. That one legendary made that big of a difference. And um, I guess the reason why it was so hard for a lot of people is that um, it's a really big like um, shift and of what you want to do. So like you know, when you're in raid or in dungeons where you're just trying to do as much damage as you can, you know, you're hitting all your buttons that do damage, and you're not really like too concerned about survivability for the most part because you got healers to back you up. Well, in this one, um, you basically take frost strike off your bars and you just spam death strike with your runic power because you are desperately trying to not die. <laughs> oh God. I mean that's that's really it. That that is the key to that challenge. You you just hit death strike over and over and over again, and you have to abuse uh, dark succor. Whenever you kill a mob, you gain like a buff that makes your next death strike heal you for twenty percent of your health or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was it was bad. It was really bad. I had a very bad time with it. You also tried. That's... I was trying to get you to talk about the whole recording fiasco that you also oh, gosh. did. Um. So yeah. Um, when I when I did the frost one, I uh, I was recording it so I would have you know be able to do a guide and be able to show you just you know the raw audio of me doing it. And uh, when I killed it, I was basically just cursing the whole time, <laughs> saying you know like fuck you Xylem, all this this and that. It was it was really bad. I was I was very mad. Um, and then I wanted to go do the same thing for unholy. I was like, all right, I got frost now. Let me go do unholy. And when it came to unholy, I knew I knew it was easier. Because that's just what everyone was saying. Everyone was like, oh, I got it on my 890 DK. I'm like, okay, it's easier. Um, and so I wasn't recording at first because I didn't want to. I was like, okay, I just want to give it a couple shots, see how it goes, and then, you know, start recording. And then, you know, I'll make a guide for that. And uh, I killed the Unholy One on my second try. And I was just, I was just so mad <laughs> that I two-shot it 
and I didn't. It was just kind of like it just happened, and I was like, "This is so dumb." Right. Yeah, I did enhancement in like five on my fifth, which is just a CC fest. You just whenever Sigrin talks, I'll oh, turn into a frog, and then just go back to the other two. And then I did havoc in about a dozen and a half, so I've done closing the eye. But as a demon hunter. I, people get there's I made a, a video guide about havoc and there is some salty frosty caves and survival hunters in those comments because oh look at this idiot just one you know, blurp and all the shards die and he just fell rushes across the room yeah but there are plenty of polls that I didn't record that I was live streaming at the time where I'll like, oh is he over there and you use one fell rush or a vengeful retreat towards what you think is him oh he's not there and you can't get across the room and you're dead anyway. So, just because you can fall rush across the room doesn't mean that it's totally, like, foolproof. You know, if you still... Oh, it's, it's way easier, trust of me. Of course. It's I mean, way easier. The, the biggest thing, I think, is you double jump out of the, the ice shards. That's the biggest ridiculousness of, the, I think, the challenge. Because you double jump and you just glide over. Like, no one else could do that! <laughs> yeah, that was one that of was the harder dumb. parts for Frosty K. Right. And the first phase, someone said in chat, it was a healing check. It wasn't even a DPS check. You know, as a yeah. DPS you want to do, usually it's do as much damage as you can. This is like, nope, forget your DPS, just heal. And you'll make it out eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The shards were bad, too. So it's, it's just, it's really bad. Like, warriors can, hero this guy's saying warriors can heroically leap out. Like, of course they can. Why wouldn't they be able to, you know? Of course they can. Um, but, like... Yeah. You know, if you tried to tab target the shards, you would tab target the one behind you. Um, <laughs> if you tried to click the one in front of you, you would still click the one behind you because of just how it worked with your camera. Um, it was a nightmare. It really was a nightmare. And you had to kill them one by one to get out. I mean, you you would go in it with, like, a rhyme proc you would want to to just get a, a quick howling blast off on them. But it, it, it right, sucked. Right. It really sucked. Yeah, they're interesting. I think it's the first time... Blizzard's ever done this. And, you know, it, it's funny. We ask for, like, everyone's like, well, I want my own green fire quest. Or I want my own rogue dagger quest. I want my own, you know, legendary solo quest. And they give us some of that, right? <laughs> through, like, the class hall campaign, the, uh, the artifact campaign leading into the Mage Tower challenges. But then they're not individualized. There are, you know, five or it's like five for all the DPS, one for tanks, one for healers. So, and the healing one is super long. It's wicked, wicked long compared to the DPS ones. Unless you're like a holy paladin that does tons of damage. So, they've done a little bit of that, but it's funny how we ask for these things, and then we get it, and then there are all these weird problems that arrive, right? And there's some weird nonsense happening with the Chromie challenge now, too. The, the Chromie scenario, the different specs, or uh, some heirloom trinkets... <clears throat> Uh, are having unique effects in that scenario too, but I think the thing that should happen with the Mage Tower challenges though is after you beat it, you should be able to requeue as it as a different spec and see how that would work. That needs to happen because that would be neat. Or just being able to redo it because yeah. I also had a, a recording hiccup and I was like, "Oh, it's fine. I'll just redo it." And I'm, mm -hmm. I get out of it and wait, this is one time only. What if I wanted to try out something different, you know, just for fun? Right. They can't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why that, that's not a thing, but anything else to go over for the first half of the show? Or good to move on? Um, well, what? I just wanted to mention something about oh, yeah. the uh, the Frost challenge. So, like, while I was really mad about it and how hard it was, 
I wouldn't have actually minded if, you know, I'm okay with it being hard. The, the thing that really got me was that while this was so hard, there was like monks two-shotting their challenges, assassination rogues two-shotting their challenges. There was like this massive disparity of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really the problem. Yeah, that, that was what really got me is like, well, this isn't this hard challenge for every spec. It's this hard challenge for some specs and this like, you know, freebie for others. So right. it's actually not what you advertised. Right. And then, of course, you both have, have you both done the tank challenge as blood or have yep. you? Okay. Because then yeah. that, before any that, of the nerfs or after it was nerfed like 12 times? So I did it after they did the first big pass of, uh, of nerfs. Okay. Uh, however, I did get it on the previous Mage Tower before those nerfs. The problem was, though, <laughs> is that when he went into the middle to do his stupid animation thing before he died, he despawned. Oh. And that was a that was apparently a really big thing happening. And I don't actually remember any time in this game where I was more mad than at that time. <laughs> and I basically just picked up the mouse, I threw it at the wall, and I just walked out the room. I was very mad. <sighs> yep. I got a sub 1% pre-nerf. Um, and it just pissed me off because, you know, you get knocked off the platform and as a DK, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, but the, and then I got mm. it on my first try after they nerfed it. But there was also a weird bug with that one where sometimes you start the event, you pay the shards and it wouldn't start. So right. for me, that was the only bug I noticed. Um, yeah. Yep. They're weird, but, but fair enough. I haven't, I haven't done any others yet. So I haven't done Agatha yet. I haven't done the healing challenge yet. I just haven't really felt like I've wanted to like try the other ones because I know they're all going to be way more different because they're not on my main or my main ult that I have the most muscle memory on and the most like you know, understanding. So I don't want to just get like frustrated for no reason. Like, oh, my overload chain lightning didn't proc. I didn't kill the imps. Oh, I'm dead. Right? And I the uh, one of my subs said the that's like the outlaw rogue challenge. If you don't get a six roll at this point, you're dead. So like, oh no, no six roll, oh, I'm dead. So it happens. But fair enough. Enough out of that for the first half of the show. Time to plug some things and have me talk at your faces for a couple of minutes here, real quick. And of course, middle of the show again. Thank everyone on Patreon for supporting the show and keeping it going. This is what I do now: the show and the live streams and the YouTube side content stuff. That's that's what I do. I worked at Florida Hospital for almost four years. Now I am I'm all yours, Internet. But don't don't make it awkward, all right? Just let it happen. But again, thank you very much, everyone, supporting the show. And if you are interested in more podcasts, I have basically doubled my workload. And there are more podcasts on Patreon. These are the BTS sort of meet and greet podcast. They are listed right here. They're all tagged Patreon BTS. You can click on these and find all of them. There are 18 right now. You can also follow along with the show notes if you're interested in seeing how the shows are put together. These are, of course, listed all on my Patreon page, linked down below or in the video description box. Additionally, if you've missed any of the past shows, you can go find them all on the YouTube channel. These are all listed here in years. The seasons are sort of like a year. So this is a 2017 season, 2016, 2015, 2014, all the way back to 2013. You can go back to some really old shows that are probably hyper cringeworthy at this point, if I'm not already. You know, that's all, that's all the YouTube comments ever tell me. But there are some great nuggets in all of these. You can go check out all the specials we've had over the years if you haven't seen many of the past shows. And listen to all the, the nonsense that happens there if you'd like. You can also check out the show on iTunes, Stitcher, 
and Google Play Music. Just search for Final Boss TV. You can find those all and you can add it to your RSS feed. Listen to the audio-only versions on FinalBoss.tv, which is being reworked. You can also listen to the audio-only versions there as well. Or if you'd like to support the show in a more physical way, you can do so. We have an official apparel shop hosted by Design by Humans. These are shirts, hoodies, tank tops, sweatshirts, tees, etc. That have been put together by some amazingly talented artists. I have the... Of course, there'll be another Kill Jade and there'll be another like world first shirt. We did the, uh, the Exorcist one. We have the two Method ones. We have the other Exorcist shirt. Uh, Tutron and I will be working on the Kill Jaden World First shirt, sort of commemorating the moment. And, and going from there, there's all the little Fabelina Final Boss t-shirts, the little Final Bosses. Those are all there as well. And these could go to support the show and keep me doing what I'm doing, keep me interviewing these nerds, and keep all these shows and podcasts going into your, your face and your ear. But that's enough out of me. Let's talk about stats. You ready? Stat time. Let's do it. Don't be so excited. Are you... Oh, the math is always the most fun. <laughs> well, yeah. So, let's talk a little bit about... Yeah, so stats, legendaries, talents, artifacts, all this good stuff. So, what do you want Holy and Frost want to prioritize for secondary stats? Hyper, let's go to you first. For Frost DK, yeah. uh, it's actually a unique class uh, because you don't care too much about what secondary stats you have. Right, you have to be in a balance. You don't want to overstack something and have very little of something else. But as long as you're in a general balance, so a lot of people say that over 20% haste is kind of like the the feels good point where the spec plays nice. Uh, but other than that, you know, crit, haste, versatility, and they're all good in slight different situations. You can obviously stack something if you're looking to get more single tar single target uh, damage out, or if you're looking to get more AOE damage out. But yeah, Frost is one of those specs where it doesn't matter too much because Strength is just so strong. Everything you have scales very well with Strength. And as long as your other secondary stats are in balance, uh, you should be fine. And if you're not looking to, to min-max, so obviously uh, for single target or for AoE fights, you want to stack a little bit more mastery because you're just doing so many Howling Blasts. And for single target, you want a little bit more crit haste or versatility. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of a weird thing where as long as you're in balance, you're fine. Hmm. Okay. So I guess the, the question always comes up about haste for DKs and rune regen. Is that more of a thing then for unholy than um, than frost? It's also for frost, and that's where the twenty percent comes in. It's okay. it's not even it's not a soft cap. I've played with fifteen percent haste, twenty five percent haste. And yeah, 20% is about where the spec feels fluid, but it's definitely not uh, a requirement like like for some other classes where you need to have this haste for a certain thing to happen. Okay. That's like a feel-good point. Like Enhancement yeah. Shamans want 25%. That comes out of GCDs and Doom Winds and Ascendant stuff now. So all right, so there is like a, a feel-good point there. What about Unholy then? Jace, what does Unholy care about stat-wise? Um, so before I talk about that, I just want to go back to the frost and the stats. Sure, um, sure. Just to uh, to reiterate that you don't need twenty percent. Like I did most of my progression with like fifteen percent haste. So I mean, like you could do either. It's not like a requirement. It's just you know more haste means that you get more GCDs and you get more you know a slower, a faster GCD and more runes. So it just feels a little better. But I mean, mm -hmm. you yeah. can go lower. It's not like a hard requirement. As for unholy, so you have like a lot of options. Like so, mastery increases all of your shadow damage. 
um, increases your plague damage because that's all shadow damage, your arbiter. Um, but there's kind of like a debate where like, okay, if you have more haste, your arbiter gets more casts off and you can, you know, you have a faster GCD and your runes come up faster. If you have more crit though, you know, maybe your arbiter will crit more, especially towards the end when she's doing the most damage. If you get like her last two casts are crits, like that's an insane amount of damage. So it's like, there's kind of like a lot of debate on like, do we stack a stat or do you want more of a balance? Um, Banter is doing a lot of sims now that he's finished all of his school assignments. So he's going to be able to answer that question a lot better um, in the coming days. Okay. All right, sounds good. There's no, I have to bring this up now on shows ever since they became a 900 eye level. Crafted necks, are either of them the jewel crafting crafted necks worth it for frost or unholy because there are some classes and specs that are outliers now that they go oh 900 eye level is pretty good because obliterum was hotfix buffed at the end of the patch cycle to go up to 900 so crafted necks anything for frost for frost i don't think it is uh even for emerald nightmare i didn't use it uh, I didn't honestly look too much into it, and I have a 925 next, so I'm not gonna switch that out. Okay. Uh, but yeah, if it's if it's like broken amount of damage, you know, might be able to use it. But I I honestly don't don't think it will be too useful, like for other classes. Okay. I mean, depending on what you have, I mean, if you have like a 905 or 910 neck, I definitely think a 900 neck could be good, could be solid. Um, especially if you know. You want like a shit ton of mastery or something. Um, for me specifically, I haven't really like given it too much thought because I have like a 920 socketed neck. So, um, you know, gear fed, etc. But uh, I mean, like if you have like a 905 neck, yeah, I definitely think a crafted neck would be probably be better because the socket. Right. Yeah, the crafted necks are deceivingly good. Again, no primary stats on jewelry and the crafted neck has one secondary stat. So and the socket. Which is just silly. A lot of the equip effects don't really do a whole lot, but it's just the raw secondary stat is possibly super strong depending on what your your spec needs or what your what your current stats are. So, and I guess you get nothing was mentioned about uh, any of these priorities changing for Tumus Sargeras. I don't think anything's gonna like suddenly become a thing. I don't. I think I read in chat that there's haste breakpoint possibilities for unholy. Because of tier 20? Is that a thing on the horizon? Um, yeah, I think Bender said that it's going to be a thing, but he's just not like sure like what exactly that's going to be yet. Okay. Um, I mean, if, if you're a Death Knight, stay tuned into the Holy Discord, and Banter's going to update the pins, and he'll update resources. Like, every, all that stuff is going to be updated. Okay. Yeah, the, 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 the date on that is by the end of this week, I think 25th or so. Just needs the time throughout the week. So, okay, fair enough. So I guess that moves into to, to tier sets then, and just to sort of to breeze past tier 19, because tier 19 is sort of what you have now, but we'll be moving into tier 20, like, full on. You've got the Dreadworm breastplates, the Dreadworm armor set you have right now for Unholy and Frost. Unholy's gets two pieces, causing a festering wound to burst. There's a 10% chance to activate Rune of Corruption. And then Death Coils, the uh, four-piece Death Coils, a 50% chance to infect the target with a festering wound. And the one question I had here to follow up on was, it is it per wound has a chance to get Rune of Corruption? 
And how has the unholy yeah. tier 19 worked out as you move into two? It sucks. <laughs> it's actually, it's, it's, it's just not good. Like, okay. the, the tier is not good. I mean, like, it doesn't impact your gameplay as much. It doesn't give you, like, a damage increase. Like, like the Frost tier 19 is insane, but the unholy tier 19 is not not that good. It's, like, it's just not good. <laughs> yeah, and since the best legendaries will probably be chest and shoulders, looking at this point, you can't do that two-piece plus four-piece nonsense mm -hmm. like some other specs can. And because you just gain more damage out of using the legendaries rather than the two-piece. Okay. So then Frost is sitting on there, two-piece. Obliterate has a 20% chance, increased chance to proc Rhyme. And your four pieces that Howling Blast will generate six runic power when Rhyme is active. Any... Yeah. So this, this was very good working together. If you only had the two-piece, it yeah. felt kind of weird because you got all these Rhyme procs. And when you use Howling Blast, you didn't actually get any runic power. So you were running the risk of Breath of Syndragosa falling off. But once you got the four-piece, they work very well together. And I actually agree with this nerf. It was just very, very powerful because even in uh, Tomb. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, so even oh, in yeah, Tomb, fine, yeah. you know, looking at the at the four piece, it might not be that strong. So people that had really high Titan Forge might or maybe looking at just using the four piece from Nighthold. But with this nerf, it, it will probably move on to just using the, the Tomb pieces. Yeah, what did what did the burning power used to be? Used to be more, you said, right? Or uh yeah, it used to be eight and okay. they nerfed it down to six. Okay. So yeah. So it doesn't give enough to worry about holding it any yeah. longer. Because that was the follow-up question, if there's any two piece or four piece nonsense with either Unholy or Frost. No? With with Frost you might be able to, uh, because the best legendaries will probably be either belt and ring or the bracers mm -hmm. and the ring. So you have all six uh, tier slots open. So if you have a high enough eye level uh, tier piece, you might be able to use it together with the four piece. But uh, again, if you get a, like a ridiculous time forge out of tomb, where you know just a regular piece might beat out the the two piece damage. But yeah, we'll see how how that works out. Okay, and nothing for unholy then, Jace. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you're going to really play the, the old two-piece for Unholy. Not worth it. Unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be worth it. Okay. Then tier Especially, 20. I mean, oh, go ahead. If you have to use shoulders, then, I mean, you just you just can't. And, uh, so, I just okay. feel like it's going to be good. So you're looking at tier 20 now, the new kids on the block here with the tier 20 sets. So we'll go back to Unholy then. So your two pieces that each ghoul summoned by Army of the Dead will increase your damage dealt by 15% for three seconds. The duration will extend, but does not stack. And your four pieces, each rune you spend will reduce the cooldown of Army of the Dead by six seconds. And I had two follow-up questions on that one. So what's the max duration you can get on the ghoul damage 50% overall buff? And then how much, like, what was what is Army's cooldown then with the four-piece? These both seem pretty good compared to Tier 19, yeah? Uh, yeah, they're actually, like, way better than Tier 19. It's, this is actually a very solid tier um, that I'm excited for because, like like I said, Unholy's Tier 19 is just trash. And so this is actually something that can impact 
um, your damage. Um, as far as the maximum amount of time, like you would get eight ghouls from army, six ghouls from APOC, so it's like 40 something seconds. Um, that's the max, but it's highly unlikely you're going to get that because, you know, you're going to army on the pole or whatever, and then you're going to APOC a little bit later. So, I mean, you won't get, um, you know, the full, you know, duration, but it, it'll still be enough to go over your entire Arbiter um, okay. use. The one thing that is kind of lame, though, is that we're not sure if this is um, intended or not, but... It only affects your damage. It doesn't affect your pets or your guardians. So we're kind of like, is it not supposed to affect them? Because that would be kind of lame. But if it does, if it's supposed to affect them, then they make it affect them. That's going to be really good. Okay. And what kind of cooldown does Army of the Dead look like as you spend runes throughout each cooldown? Then I think I think on um, PTR testing, and this is like a more realistic test than you know sitting on a dummy because right. there's times when you're off a of boss um i was getting around like maybe like two minutes 30 seconds maybe maybe a little more um maybe less if i had like super super good rng and you know a lot of runic corruptions and a lot of runes coming up but i mean like it's not likely that your rng is that good okay yeah i think i think hyper you posted we had some notes that just like last minute you came through yeah you said yeah to about three minutes on the yeah, tier 20. it's going to be the average cooldown depending on how, how good your rune management and how many mechanics you have to deal with. Right. That seems worth it. But I'll bring the, the tier set up here in the background now. But is there any... Like you were talking about... Oh, yeah, Chet said uh, it'll, in, it'll always extend the duration anyway. Even if you APOC with 30 seconds left, it'll just extend it more. Okay, so there's no, like, refresh shenanigans there. It just adds the time by three seconds per ghoul that gets summoned, regardless of when, as long as the buff is rolling, huh? Okay. That seems pretty potent. Yeah. It does say your damage, so I'm assuming that it's not going to actually affect your, your pets, because it's not... But I guess pet, pet logic is weird. Yeah, I hope it affects pets. That would be pretty nice. But if it doesn't, whatever. Fair enough. All right, then. You have your, your tier 20 for Frost, then. So your two pieces every 60 runic power spent while Pillar of Frost is active. It'll increase the duration of Pillar of Frost by one second. And then your four piece is that every three runes you spend will increase the strength bonus of your next Pillar of Frost by 1%. And the follow-up questions I had for this one were, how long can you actually get Pillar of Frost to last that on average, and then how much plus uh -oh. strength you get in the next uh, use of that. Hyper, what you got? So again, on this, I just did some basic math from looking at logs where you have some mechanics to deal with, and it looked like it was extending Pillar of Frost by about four or five seconds-ish um, on average, and then, so it's going from 20 seconds to 24, 25, and then for the four piece, it was buffing your Pillar of Frost by about 10 to 13%. And this is again, uh, dependent on if you're using the belt or the Bracer Legendary, because with the belt, you're obviously generating extra runes. So you, you're spending more runes, but with the Bracers, you don't have that option. So if you're using the belt, you get slightly higher uh, bonus out of the four piece versus the Bracers. 
But with the four-piece, it's kind of a weird design because you don't get it on your very first pillar, obviously, because you haven't spent any runes. And that will definitely be uh, an issue since it depends on if you need front-loaded damage in raids, like, like it is in Nighthold, where you just lust on pull and just blow everything you have, or where you need, to, uh, you need more damage for adds. So it's definitely an interesting set bonus, and it did go through a lot of iterations, which we can talk about. Uh, until it got to this point. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's changed like four times over the over the cycle on PTR. It was yeah. it started out something totally different than the the Pillar of Frost focused version. Yeah. So first um, they changed it three times, then they nerfed it. So they w went through a whole redesign. The very first iteration, if I remember correctly, was basically a built-in convergence, plus just a percent damage buff when you had Hungering Rune Weapon active. Mm -hmm. Uh, which seemed to be a really good set bonus, and it might be why they changed it. I'm not sure. And then the second one was uh, your two-piece was that your Obliterate had an extra chance to double proc. It was like 20%, or I don't remember, but it was just really bad. Um, I actually don't remember what the four-piece was that they changed it to. They might have just stuck with the HRV. I don't know if you remember, Jace. It was something with Frost Strike. One, yeah. one Frost Strike did something, one on Obliterate did something. It was just so bad that I was like, okay, Frost dead. Yeah, it was, the set bonuses were looking just really rough. Really, that, that was the point where I was like, okay, if this goes to live, Unholy will be better for sure. And and then they changed it to, to this current iteration, um, and then they nerfed it because uh, you were able to keep up Pillar of Frost almost to the point where it came off cooldown, they use it again. So it was just ridiculously overpowered and they nerfed it down. This seems reasonable. We'll see again how, how the tuning compares to unholy set bonuses. Um, but yeah. Okay. The one thing I also, I just thought of this now as you were explaining this, the, the runes spent to increase the strength bonus of your next POF by 1%, does that just stack on your character and have, does it have a cap? Can you start a fight with like 99% more strength than just like do garbage on trash and is like stack I, it up? Or does that have a duration before it falls off? I believe it only happens in combat. So you can't cheese it to where you do it on trash. Jace, you might be able to correct me here, but I'm pretty sure it's just per boss fight where you go in for the very first one, you won't have it. And then for the from there on, you're stacking it towards your next Pillar of Frost. So you can't cheese it where you go into a fight with just ridiculous stacks. Um, I'm not actually sure because the way PTR worked, either they um, either they didn't have trash, or like I would zone in and just get annihilated, and that was like my trash experience. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so I actually don't know the answer to that question. I, I mean, it has a two minute duration, so maybe you would pillar once on trash, you know, try and get as much as you can get, and then. Um, you know, go into the fight with it once. But I mean, like, that seems like a, a one-time deal. Like, you know, maybe a farm tactic. It won't be really be a thing that you yeah. can do all the time. Okay. Some progress, if, you, you know, take turn or take time before pull. So even if the duration is two minutes, it, you just don't have time. You need that time to set up. Right. Yeah. That's what I was in just Mythic scared. Plus, it might be a huge thing, but, you know, in, in uh, raiding, it definitely won't be. You know, probably reset on boss pull. That also could work too when you start the boss pull to remove the debuff. Because because they have to be they have to be careful. Because some of these set bonuses or trinkets have existed before where you could, and there's the the kill Jaden DPS trinket where you put down that the the shadow image of yourself, 
but then you can reset the boss. So there was some nonsense where the, the trinket was resetting when you reset bosses. So you could put down a shadow, pull the boss, reset, put down a shadow, pull the boss, reset, put down a shadow, and then pull the boss for real. You have three shadows of yourself all doing damage next to the boss. But I think that's that should not be a thing anymore. So there are a few things like that in Tomb that I wonder if they're going to be hot fixed or fixed right off the bat. Like, oh, this is blah, blah. So we'll have to wait and see. Because it could be scary. But overall, both of you look like you're happy about your tier 20. Right, Jace? Unholy? Good? Yeah, I, I'm definitely excited for Unholy's tier 20. I mean, like I said, the current tier for Unholy is not good. So um, the fact that it's actually getting a, a good tier, to, uh, a good tier, and it, you know, hopefully it'll, you know, because of that, it's going to be able to compete with Frost, right? So, I mean, okay, that and a lot of other changes, but the tier is very good. Yeah, for for Frost is decent, uh, not one of the best ones because for Nightal we just had the most insane tier, well, sure, in my sure. opinion, and you know it doesn't really compare to that. But uh, depending on the tuning, we'll definitely uh, you know looking forward to it. See how it works out. Okay. Well, we can move on and talk about legendaries now, and we'll open up with the two new ones that were just added. And let me get the page up for those. I'll go back to Hyper. Let's talk about Frost legendaries real quick. And some of this discussion might have to tail into to talents, but we'll hold the ring until we actually talk about talents. So okay. sadly, you guys lost the legendary, apparently, which is unfortunate. So that's bad. But you've got um, the Cold Heart, which is for both yep. of you now. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting legendary, and it's really strong because the way it's tuned. Uh, for any of you who don't know what it does, it's you get a stacking buff that empowers your next uh, Chains of Ice, and you just stack it to max, and you just use Chains. Um, and for Frost, some people are saying that it might be looking like becoming best in slot. Um, it's definitely really strong. I don't like that it just takes a random spell that we almost never use unless there's ads that would need to be controlled. Um, and just kind of puts it into our rotation, just another thing to monitor. Uh, so the gameplay of it, I'm not really too too big of a fan of, but it's definitely a strong legendary, and it was a good addition to the pool. Okay. And this is for both of you, too. So anything to, to mention about this for Unholy, though? Because it looks like it, it does Shadow Frost damage, so it would buff, it's buffed by either of your masteries. Yeah, it's right. buffed. So... On it is buffed by both masteries, which is good because um, the Unholy Legendary was, like, not good. It was really bad. Oh, the one that's kind of pet, yeah. Yeah, we were, we were looking at that, and we're just going, like, what is Blizzard thinking? Like, what is this? This is so bad. Mm. Like, they actually came up with that. It was, like, it was not good. Um, but this uh, this this chest is, is pretty decent. I mean, every 40 seconds, you have a 2,000% attack power, you know, nuke. And um, it does work with your your 15% damage increase buff that you gain from, you know, APOC and Army of the Dead, which is very nice. Um, so that's another thing that you can use, and you can stack it with that. You can stack it with Fallen Crusader, and you just get a nice big single-target nuke, which kind of goes into the whole, you know, and Holy is doing really well on single-target. Okay. And then for, for Frost... It just means that, like, the you can have the buff going into the pull, right? Because you just gain the yep. stacks every two seconds. It takes 40 seconds to gain this up. And then, it, and then 
I would assume it would scale because attack power base would scale with not only your mastery but also pillar of frost or your set bonus can feed into it as well. The more strength you put into, the more attack power you put into this. So, are you are you both yeah. looking at using the chest or? If I get it, I will definitely give it a try. Um, one big difference between Unholy and Frost is also that Unholy gets more mastery point for point, so it gets it scales higher with the chest. It scales better with the chest than Frost because mm. we get slightly less mastery, and it's obviously buffed by mastery for both specs. So it's definitely more of a you know it will be more useful for Unholy, but for for Frost it, it might become a pretty good legendary as well. Okay. Seems good. This is fair enough. Uh, they, it's weird. I don't think every other, like they did this with a few of them, like the gloves for Shaman now are shared, and then of course the rings are shared across the whole class too. But I think Warlock still got like individual ones or something like that, or Druids got like individual ones for specs, and then just got the they got their ring. So not all of them did this, but they were definitely more earlier on iteration that were going to spread out because we had two different ones for elemental and enhancement too. So they've changed those, but. To continue down the frost path of legendaries, what kind of hierarchy then are you looking like outside of outside of that? What else you got to, to note here, Hyper? Um, it hasn't changed the hierarchy too much. Obviously, it's going to be a really good legendary, so just straight up jump to the, uh, in my opinion, S tier of legendaries, mm -hmm. up there with the bracers and the ring. Um, the belt is kind of a weird legendary. On progress, most people use the bracers for consistent damage, and then on... On farm, they use the belt because it's just more of a parsing legendary where sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you get unlucky. So I will definitely be seeing Frost DKs using the, the ring, which, you know, gives double HRV. And then the probably either the bracers or the chest, depending on how well the chest is doing. I haven't looked at logs in the, in the today or yesterday, but according to the early logs, it was doing pretty well. And then obviously we'll talk about the ring, which just, you know, actually gives us options later on, which is obviously a really good legendary for Frost as well in certain situations. Other than that, most legendaries are kind of in the same tiers as they were before. It hasn't changed too much. Yeah, because it has, like, Seal of Necrophantasia really feeds into Breath. But yeah. then, you know, the, the wrists still look, I mean, more power is in Pillar of Frost, so why not even have more power in Pillar of Frost? empowering the wrist even further so i guess nothing else of note here that the helm has been nerfed so many times have the helm sort of fallen into obscurity at this point or yeah i've seen some parses uh like scorpion where people still use the helm right. but with the addition of the ring i just think that will be the go-to aoe legendary um but we'll we'll see obviously the first week how, how it works out okay Obviously, um, the that... best legendary to wear is the... Oh, wait. I was going to make a joke about Agrimar's stride, but... Uh... Oh, God, yeah. Go Jeez. <laughs> I actually used that for the first eight bosses of progression in Nighthold. The Agrimar strides and the KJ trinket, because that's all I had. Uh... That was the first one I got, too. Agrimar strides. But, uh, it was nice and plus. The helm might be good on, like, Harjitan, maybe. Um, I mean, there's... On Mythic Harjitan, there are parts of the fight where you need a lot of burst AoE sure. on, like, five targets, so the helm could be solid. I mean, if if that's, like, the fight where that's the most important part of the fight, I mean, it, it could be good. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. 
Yeah, there's a. It's funny you bring up uh, Kill Jane's Burning Wish because it, it. Everyone's Sims, right? Everyone's trinket Sims. You have to put this stupid trinket in there, and of course, all all legendaries going up to 970 starting on Tuesday. The uh, the quest will populate to start upgrading your legendaries to 970, and then legendaries that drop will be 970. But Kill Jane's Burning Wish is an interesting one because when it goes to 970, it's like 4,000 primary stat, which is just ludicrous. And it might be a great fallback for so many specs just because of how much raw damage is from that, depending on how your stat scales. So that is becoming an interesting point right now because it might... Because the other legendaries, like take, you know, Toravon's Whiteout Bindings, the equip effect never changes. The 50% increased frost damage will never change. The stats will go up a little bit, but it's not going to be 4,000 strength. So I wonder where, where that silly trinket will come into play for other specs as it rises in overall stat layout. So. Right. And the main power of the KJ trinket is the stats. I mean, like, yeah. the, the on-use effect is, like, all right. But, I mean, like, let's be real. That thing sucks. <laughs> it's only I mean, I it's, it's only good when you get to yeah. It's only good when you get to actually use it on like I used it on my resto shaman last night when you pull you pull an ottoman with all the horses and stuff up and it does like twenty oh, yeah. million damage. It's like oh, okay sure, but like outside of that, yeah, it's, it's nice stats. and mythic plus. Yep, yep, that's for sure. I use it on my bloody came and all the mythic plus. It's like a lot of my damage, so okay, it's pretty good there. So swapping that over then to unholy legendaries. I had the wrong page up there for a moment. What about? So cold heart is a thing, but then how how are the legendaries looking for unholy then, Jace? Um, so like the shoulders are now good, right? Um, they, you know, they were on PTR or on beta, they were like a hundred percent, and then you know, then they were nerfed to fifty, and then down to like twenty five or whatever. I mean, so like they they've been nerfed a lot, and then then they're slowly being buffed up to a point where, okay, it's uh, it's reasonable. So, you know, so the shoulders are now. They're now pretty good. Um, bracers were nerfed, so now it's one to two. Um, that started off, I think, the expansion being one to five, something ridiculous, where it was like these are like clearly the best legendaries, mm -hmm. um, or this is like clearly the best legendary. Like you have to get bracers. If you don't have bracers, it's a massive DPS difference. Um, the KJ trinket's still not bad, um, but if you don't have any of those, like the belt and the ring are no longer completely worthless because now resources are a bit harder to get. Um, so, like, whereas in this last patch, if you, you know, fresh on Holy DK and you got the belt of the ring, you're kind of like, oh, well, this kind of sucks because I'm getting resources in a spec that doesn't want resources because it's oh, being right, flooded right, with right. them. But now they're like, you know, it's like, you get them as your first legend, you're like, all right, well, you know, it's not as bad. It could be worse. It could be the AMS cloak. Okay. Be way worse. The one thing I wanted so, to ask about your Tactheratrix shoulder pads. Uh, it's a, so Dark Transformation will empower your Dark Arbiter and Army of the Dead for 30 seconds, increasing their damage by 40%. Do you have to cast Dark Transformation when Army of the Dead and Arbiter are out? Yes, because it is not, it doesn't dynamically update, right? So right. you use transformation and everything you have out, bam, they get that buff. And if you summon anything in the future, they don't get it because you, you're you not using dark transformation. Okay, I want to make sure that we we brought that up. It doesn't actually, there's no retroactive back end. Okay, so cast your stuff and then you're basically a demonology warlock. Yeah, you just spam death coil a lot. 
Well, I'm, I was just making the joke about summon demons, buff demons, summon demons, buff oh, demons. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay, fair enough. That seems to to make some sense there. It's interesting that some of them have risen from obscurity, which is good because yeah. for some specs, though, resource generating legendaries like the uh, the the Fury Warrior Helm is just like pfft, so good because let you know, and then the ring for Havoc, which has been nerfed so many times poor 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 ring havoc ring you silly silly thing now it's like what one to six fury now for chaos blade is so low it was like 12 to 25 when it started out how the mighty have fallen but but the resource ones are interesting because they're really good or really bad so it's good to hear that that unholy has some options there and trinkets any trinkets of note that you want to bring up in Tomb of Sargeras that are looking really... Because there are weird ones in Tomb of Sargeras. But, I mean, Hyper, do you have anything you guys have figured out for, for Frost on the trinket category there? Um, Trinket-wise, honestly, Convergence uh, is might still become or stay the, the strongest trinket. Mm -hmm. and, but for Tomb, I don't know. I don't really like the trinket design too much for Tomb. The engine of eradication, I think it was called, the one that gives mastery and then proc strength, and then you pick up these little orbs and it extends the duration of the buff. On PTR is looking very strong because you could extend it to like 30 seconds, ridiculous amount, um, and you just have a ridiculous amount of strength. And since uh, frost scales very well with strength, it was pretty good. Other than that, I'm not a big fan of you know just uh, click trinkets where you have mm. to activate it and then it does X amount of damage. Um, and most of them tend to scale with shadow or, or do shadow damage, so they don't really get buffed by frost too much. It, for unholy, we might be looking at you know a new draught of souls where you do ridiculous amount of damage because your mastery affects it. But for frost, I'm not really a too big fan of a, of the trinkets in tomb. Well, the one thing I was going to be curious about, I think the the glaive trinket scales with attack power. So has frost thought of anything with their 220 set bonus? And the glaive trinket, because it, if you can buff the crap out of yourself and then toss those glaives out. Yeah, it, it might become good. Again, it's going to come down to straight up numbers tuning. Sure. Uh, a lot of these trinkets that you just push and they do X amount of damage comes down to just how well they synergize with your spec. I haven't looked at too many trinket sims yet, um, but yeah, the glaive might be good. Other than that, I just hope Engine of Eradication will be a good trinket because it kind of promotes a little bit better gameplay because you have to actually be active to to extend its duration and mm -hmm. you actually have to look for the orbs. It's kind of an interesting design. And I, I was really hoping that they would add more trinkets like that where you have they do something active for your spec rather than like the Kill Jaden trinket. You press it and it does X amount of damage. Right, sure. Chat's talking about the Cradle trinket which is that if is, is that hot fixes or that's true that it will keep stacking above 80 percent health but the buff won't fall off unless you go below 50 because right. that could make it bad. so yeah. the cradle seems all right right i mean like okay yeah. if you're on a fight where there's not like a lot of crazy unavoidable aoe going out uh, that could be pretty good but i mean like it seems like it's like barely better than like a stat stick and then like if it ever falls off you're like you're done Right, right. It's so maybe it'll be good, but I'm not like looking too forward to that for unholy. Yeah. Um, maybe the kill Jaden trinket will be good. It's you know shadow damage unholy gets 
you know, mastery above shadow damage. Um, the engine seems really insane. Um, there was quite a few pulls where I had the buff over a minute. Sure. So, I mean, like, it's uh, it's pretty nice, honestly. And then it gives mastery, which is, again, a, a pretty good stat for Unholy. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Unholy, I think, like, the, the biggest uh, and the coolest new and interesting trinket is this <laughs> uh, really cool trinket called Convergence of Fate. Um, this is a pretty good one. Um, I don't. I can't. For some reason, I can't find it so on dumb. any of the bosses in uh, Tomb. But um, oh, it is a pretty good trinket. So uh, no one, you know, we'll, we'll see what Blizzard does with that. You know, all joking aside, um, it does seem like it's going to probably be the best trinket, especially for Arbiter. I expect Blizzard to nerf it mid progress as like their mo. Um, maybe they won't, but we'll see. That's fair. That's. The problem with that trinket, too, I, I brought that up, and for enhancement, I'm in a similar place. Because of the changes we have in 725 for enhancement, we can actually use the Maelstrom now. So having wolves on a woman at cooldown from Convergence of Fate is way better than 7-2 when we couldn't spend our Maelstrom. We just we couldn't really spend unless you played, like, the nonsensical Fury of Air Overcharge spec, which, pfft, whatever. But, but now we can actually play it. So I'm in a similar boat. So we're taking Convergence of Fate. And something else. <laughs> but they might actually, if they think it's a problem, they might just just destroy it from on high and they'll nerf it to like two proximated for every spec and it'll be like, this is garbage. But we'll see. Convergence yeah, yeah. CTI for you. You have to go back to Nighthold and Yen. <laughs> don't, don't talk about the Bloodthirsty Instinct, okay? It still sims so good for me at 880 flat. Don't, don't quiet you. Um, yeah, I mean... Who knows if they if they make it so that it procs half as much, then like it'll be dead. But um, a lot of people want it to be dead. Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of like it because it, it you know it makes things line up a bit better. But mm-hmm. I definitely think you know going forward, having a trinket from a previous raid being your best in slot is kind of problematic. And this might not even be a problem if it wasn't for. For some reason, in this expansion, I don't know what it is, but raid trinkets just suck. Like, maybe there's, like, one or two that are good, but, like, the overall theme on them is they're trying to make them really interesting, but they're really bad. And you see this directly. I brought this up again. I mean, they... This was the thing. Remember Ever Burning Candle? If there's any healers in chat right now, they're going to go like, Oh, no, don't talk about it! Um, For Mop, where it was just... Was that Mop or Warlords? Warlords. Um, where they made a trinket that was good, and it was way too good, and then it, it, the same thing I would say attributes right to the Arcano Crystal right now, where the Arcano Crystal, I have an 865 socketed, and it is better than any other trinkets I have right now, even up to like 915 eye-level trinkets, because the other ones from raids are just like, eh, they do things. And it's just such a weird power, like, plight between these trinkets. And stat sticks right now, right? If anyone in chat is still going back to killing Mythic Helia and Mythic Guarum, hoping for higher eye-rolled stat sticks, they drop the high ones. Or whenever you see a stat stick on your, on your world quest map, you're like, I gotta do that, because it could roll up to, you know, Odin's butthole. Like, it's so high. So... Oh, yeah. I think the intellect crit stat stick is, like, still... A very wanted stat stick for uh, yeah for holy paladins. I know uh, our holy paladins want it off of Helia, and I think we've seen maybe one. Right. 
And looking at unholy logs from this week, a lot of people are still using the urn, which is just a stat stick that's, you know, guaranteed mastery. Yep. And yeah, stat sticks have been huge. Yeah, I feel like they definitely dropped the ball on that where the stat stick should have been a good alternative. But they, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I would actually kind of implore them to just nerf all stat sticks by like 20-25%. Because they're just too good and too consistent because they have no drawbacks. They give you primary and secondary stats, or in the case of the Arcano, all secondaries. Which just is super inflated. But they're not going to do that. So, whatever. We'll see. Well, let's talk about talents now, then. Talents, and this can now bring in to discussion your ring, the Seal of the Death Lord. Or is it Soul of the Death Lord, I think it is? Not Seal. Isn't it Seal of Necrophantasia and Soul, soul of soul. the Death Lord, yeah. Yeah, so. so, Jace, we'll start with you. We'll start with Unholy. You want to walk me through, like, what Unholy is looking like for, for talent builds and possibilities right now? So, um... For the single target arbiter build, it does seem like uh, you're gonna want to go into the um, Ebon Fever, um, and on the second row, you're gonna want uh, Pestilent Pustules. Some people are playing Blighted Rune Weapon. Um, I think that's like more of a personal choice. I don't think there's really too much of a difference between them. Um, then the third, the third row is the one that's like kind of like the most shocking. Is uh, Unholy Frenzy is now the go-to. And the reason why that's the most shocking is because for the longest time, it's been like this meme talent. It's like, it's so bad. Like, why would you ever take that over Castigator or Clawing Shadows? Like, for the longest time in Seven or er, in uh, Nighthold, everyone was taking Clawing Shadows. And now, the um, you know, Unholy Frenzy is the thing because it gives you 100% more attack power when you pop wounds. And now attack power procs uh, Death Coils or the, the free Death Coil. So if you get like a lot of Death Coil procs in your opener with Arbiter, Every death coil is now 45 runic power that goes towards the arbiter. So it's like it's this really big thing. And now death coil just does so much more damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's Which is an interesting one. Wasn't yeah. it holy frenzy like the the attack speed increase that it gave was only like 40 percent or something really small earlier on? It got wickedly buffed. It's a hundred percent increased yeah. attack speed for 2.5. Used to now. be. 1.5 second, I think in 715 they changed that, or was it okay. 72 on one of the earlier patches? The, the, the duration, you mean? Yeah, the duration. Okay, yeah. And also, I don't remember if this was um, in Nighthold, but, or from beta, I might be remembering wrong, but it didn't used to extend the duration, just refresh it. That's all, that was also a huge change to it that made it much better, where now you can have it up to, you know, as soon as the apocalypse, you have it up for 25 seconds 30 seconds i don't know what the exact number is whereas back then it used to be just it refreshes the duration even if you pop five five wounds instead of one. Oh wait so if you so yeah when a festering wound bursts so does it stack 2.5 seconds times yes oh yeah, yeah. yes oh so if you apocalypse with six <laughs> wounds you get the six times 2.5 right yeah. oh interesting yeah. okay it's pretty strong all right, keep and going. then uh, going on from that, um, Shadow Infusion is now looking like to be a very strong um, talent, especially with uh, the shoulders. Now, whenever you death coil and it's off cooldown, or, or um, the duration is done, like it's off your ghoul, um, it reduces the cooldown of it by seven seconds, which means like it's like two GCDs, two death coils, and you're, it's already ready to go again. Mm -hmm. um, and you can use, you know, your first transformation 
you know, with your Arbiter, your second transformation without, your third transformation with Arbiter. And like, it really makes it line up a, a lot better. Um, whereas if you don't have that, then you're now having to wait to use stuff for your transformation or because then your legendary shoulders aren't that good anymore if you're not waiting. And it's just, it makes it, everything line up much better. Okay. And then, um, and then obviously the last uh, row is Dark Arbiter uh, herself, right? I mean, that's the whole point of the single target build. Okay. I, I wanted to make sure we we went over this, and it was a thing for a while that, like, Sludge Belcher, I brought this up before, that Sludge Belcher was a DPS increase, and it is barely, and why is that? So it's kind of a DPS increase, and simply because when you don't have Sludge Belcher, your ghoul cleaves in a 180 degrees um, cone in front of it, whereas with Sludge, Sludge Belcher, it's 360 degrees all around it, so, like... If there's an ad behind the Sludge Belcher, it'll still get hit. If there's an ad behind your ghoul transformed, it won't get hit. So, okay. But it's and not, the hook, the hook okay. is nice too. The hook, I mean. yeah, the extra utility is definitely there. But you would say the utility tiers, your 60 and your 75s, have some moving around. So, I mean, th this is this needs to be just fight dependent, right? Like whatever you yeah. need. But I mean, like if you there's a fight where you need to. Uh, if you need like slows on a lot of mobs, you know, maybe you don't go into the into the the A bomb. Maybe you go into the uh, the talent that outbreak puts a fifty percent slow on everything. I mean, I I definitely did use that talent on um, mythic scenarios progression on the wisps to slow them down so that they would stay grouped for much longer, mm -hmm. and they weren't like you know going off to Narnia really fast to the tank. <laughs> right, for sure. So now to to wrap that with the possibility of the soul of the Death Lord. So for Unholy, it gives you bursting sores. So what have right. you guys figured out that might be possibilities with with bursting sores and the uh, the ring and and how that would change anything up? So bursting sores is really good for AOE. Um, like it's actually kind of insane for AOE. So having that ring allows you to have not only your your plague tick faster, which is also not bad for AoE, but now you also get bursting sores for AoE, so it's like really good. Um, I'm gonna, I just got it last night, so I'm definitely gonna try out some Mythic Plus either tonight or tomorrow with it, um, and just to kind of give it a sh uh, give it a go, you know, see how it works out. Okay. But I mean, like, it seems pretty good for AoE, whereas Unholy really only had like the helm and the trinket for AoE. Now it has. You know, these two for AoE, you know, maybe I'll use the, the bracers with this ring. Maybe I'll use the helm with this ring. I don't know. It's, you know, I got to try it out. But it's, it seems pretty good for AoE, like really good for AoE. So what would an AoE spec about the ring be? So again, you can't see this on the talent calculator, but you'd, you'd have bursting sores from the ring. And then you would spec Ebon Fever. So your Virulent Plague would do more damage. What would the rest of your, your layout here be for like an AoE spec? Um, You could try um, Shadow... Claw, no, what is it? Infected claws for your whenever your ghouls transform, it'll put you know the play uh, the wounds on everything around it when it procs. Um, you you could go to file, you could go soul reaper. I know on um, desolate host, I went a more soul reaper type build to try and you know see if it was worth it with the ring, um, because I was I would cleave off of you know the host or I would cleave off of the boss in the spirit realm onto like all the other little ads that were everywhere. Hmm. And it seemed to be working out pretty well. I, I haven't decided yet, you know, if the second phase is going to be a phase where you want all the burst you can get 
because it's going to be a tight DPS check. And if so, you know, maybe Arbiter is just going to be the way to go. Um, really couldn't do too much testing on that fight because it wasn't working. Right. And you didn't mention the 57 tier. Would you? Is Epidemic still a huge thing for AoE, or has it been gutted too much? I know it's been nerfed. Um, yeah, it's been nerfed into like Oblivion so many times on beta. It just hasn't been a thing where it's like, so you have Epidemic, and you know you could throw down your D and D and spam some Clawing Shadows or even some Scourge Strikes to you know AoE everything around you, and then you know you could throw out some epidemics, but then it's like, you know, most things are dead. And it's like, like, where do you find the room to use epidemic? It used to be insane to the point where they like, they destroyed it on beta. They did. Yeah. Because it was the best talent for even single target. You just hit him. You wait for three charges, then just went yeah. blah, blah, blah. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, uh, it was good. Yeah, the Fair rotation enough. is a little bit too cluttered if you try to use an epidemic. Unless it's overpowered, you just don't take it. And now that okay. we don't generate as many resources, special and postules, you know, gives you a few extra extra runes whenever you're running out. Um, and then for most AOE builds that, especially I've been using, I use Clawing Shadows with Defile for Mythic Plus, and it just seems like a pretty solid build. And with Infected Claws. And especially if you have the ring now, obviously tying back into that with Bursting Swords and Ebon Fever is just a huge amount of AoE. Okay. I had to bring this up just to give a shout out back to my, my beta testing. So I'm, I'm sad because you didn't mention it at all. So all will serve. I I dubbed the little Skeleton Archer Rasputin. Is he not a thing? Poor little guy. Yeah, he sucks. Oh, no! Um, he just doesn't do... <laughs> He just—it's just not good. Doesn't do damage. He—he he used to be good on um, beta. Like he did an yep. insane amount of damage on beta. Yep. But then they were like, you know, we don't want this big damage increase thing being on something so passive. So we're gonna nerf it. Yep. Poor Rasputin. It saw a bunch of used last patch in seven point two four in arena for unholy. Oh. For yeah, in twos or or threes where you you would just try to focus on one target, but. For raiding, it hasn't seen any use. Mm. And right, like in, in PvP, obviously, um, you know, if they kill your pet, you just resummon it. So that talent is pretty solid. It's just, oh, yeah. you know, for PvE, it's it, that the bosses don't really attack your pet, like, ever. Right. That's fair. Yeah, because your raised dead spell will summon Rasputin, and its cooldown is removed. So, yeah. Otherwise, you have a minute-long cooldown on raised dead. Okay. Sounds good. How about some frost talent walkthrough stuff here, real quick, Hyper? What what we, what we figured out here for for frost? Uh, for frost, I don't think the single target. Well, like I said, frost was a very cookie cutter. This is what you use and use this for single target for AOE for cleave all situations. You pretty much use this. Uh, you're still gonna go probably murderous efficiency in the first row because I just icy talents doesn't synergize with breath of Syndragosa at all because you can't Frost Strike because you're using all your runic power on Breath of Syndragosa. Um, then a second row, Freezing Fog will still probably be the go-to. Uh, in Nighthold, before we got the fourth piece, we, had, we were a lot of people were using Horn of Winter for single target. So without the fourth piece in TOS, it might make a comeback, but I'm, I'm not sure about that. And then in the 58th row, it's just going to be Hungering Rune Weapon because it, it just synergizes well with, with Breath of Syndragosa. Mm -hmm. um, and in the 90 row, you have Gathering Storm, which is now the go-to single target and AoE. 
uh, initially in testing we thought that runic attenuation was going to be the go-to because it just gave you more runic power and you could extend your breath but then on live like the first week everyone figured out that gs is just so strong um and then the last row is just going to stay bretosyndragosa um for basically every situation right and as far as the ring goes um like i said in in the bts podcast it it all depends on how strong the other talents are in the row, right? It gives you a free talent, but then if your other two talents are bad, then the ring is not good. For Frost, for pure burst AoE, you might be able to use Frost Sight together with uh, Gathering Storm for a huge burst of AoE, which will be nice on, on bosses like Harjitan, like Jay said, where you need to kill a large amount of small adds that don't live for very long, whereas on Holy, you would have to ramp up your damage and spread it to all the adds. Um, as Frost, you just have that instant burst damage where you can do a ridiculous amount of damage in a very short amount of time. So right. that's where the, the ring might see some use for, for Frost. And then for single target, uh, now that we're generating way less runic power, um, you can take RA or runic continuation to generate a little bit more to extend your breath. But uh, that talent was kind of iffy. Um, we'll, we'll see how it works out with that. Yeah, because it looks like from the standpoint of the ring for Frost, that because it gives you Gathering Storm passively, then yeah, you would just take Frost Scythe. And because of the new synergy between Frost Scythe and Rhyme working like that, right? Like it, it just kind of lays yeah. itself out together there. But does that, that's still, it's you'd still run Breath for that too? Like Glacial Advance and Obliteration, I don't think we're even mentioned at all. I don't think I saw them anywhere, even in the FAQ. They're just not. Not a thing for like real in-game uh, rating stuff. Yeah, any, any notes on those? Yeah, well, for Nighthold, they were not an option at all because everything synergized with breath. Your right. set bonuses, the train kit, uh, you know, convergence, everything just synergized with breath. The legendaries um, in EN, the glacial advance or obliteration, the machine gun spec was the go-to because we didn't have any of those options. So it will depend on balancing, but again, GA just brings that little burst of, of damage so if you're looking to blow up a bunch of ads in a very short amount of time you could use it but breath of syndragosa is just very consistent uh, mm -hmm. and it just does a lot of damage honestly so i don't see ga or obliteration making a comeback but anything is possible right yeah glacial advance had a weird problem in beta where if you stood against oh, yeah. walls all the spikes would keep hitting the same place over and over and over and over and over again to, to summon all like eight spikes or whatever. It works now where it just summons the line, just like, yeah. and it doesn't, it doesn't break like that anymore, but that was definitely a weird one during, during beta. But, um, so a funny thing is about the, um, both Frost and Unholy is, um, your last talent row pretty much defines your spec and sure. your other talent choices. Like whatever you choose in the last talent row, now now you look at your other talents and you start choosing those based on what you chose, right? I mean, which is I think is interesting. I guess like there's just so much emphasis on the last row of um, talents for both Frost and Unholy. Yeah, that's a really interesting. Like, I don't think every spec really has that. Like again, going back to their, I mean, Havoc sort of does. Because Havoc either has a very meme beam spec with Demonic or has a very single target burst focus spec with Chaos Blades. So I, I see it there. Enhancement really does it in the same way. It just changes the rotation. But if you're playing Frost or Unholy, 
I mean, breath determines how you play because, I mean, you can't frost strike, right? It changes your extra rotation. Obliteration actually puts a huge amount of time in that, you know, machine gun rotation. Glacial advance is just rotational, changes nothing. Yeah, so, the thing with those last talents is if, if, I, if I was to change to obliteration, for example, for single target, I would need to take a different talent in basically every row from the default Breto Sindragosa uh, because with Frosty K, big thing is that the talents work together individually. They're not exactly that strong, but they work together very well to buff whatever your end goal is, which in this case is Breath of Sindragosa. And with Obliteration, it would be high attack speed. So you would take Icy Talons with, uh, you know, Frozen Pulse maybe, or Freezing Fog depends. Um, but yeah, changing one talent in the last row just forces you to change the entire spec because, I don't know, for other specs, you might be able to just change the last talent and that's it, stick with that. Uh, for Frost, it really doesn't work like that. I had to bring up, because I was looking at the talents here too, as Jace is giggling at chat, um, is that like I, nothing with Ice Cap comes up, but that would that not like double stack really be important with Pillar of Frost or actually not be good? That was uh, the go-to talent kind of with the Obliteration spec, right. because you, would, you could Pillar of Frost very often. Um, so you'd either take that or Avalanche for burst AoE. So any boss where a certain amount of ads spawn that at a point you can just save your, your pillar a little bit and then pop it for that extra AoE. And then otherwise you would just take Ice Cap. Uh, with Breath of Sindragosa, I don't think it works well just because of how insane Hungering Rune Weapon uh, you know, synergizes with Breath of Sindragosa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot... I mean, it looks like there are some Wiggle Room pieces here that the ring may or may not be involved in or the encounters that you play. But again, on that side of things, like if you're going to play Unholy for a pure single target and then just swap to Frost for very AoE focused, like you'd have... That's how you would actually change your talents. You would just change your spec entirely yeah. and how Tomb would work, which is fine. Unless you want to only play Frost, then you, it looks like you should have some some changes there because the the possibility yeah like ice cap and obliteration with how the new how your new tier set works like it's so pillar of frost oriented putting more time into those windows could be a thing but that depends on if you're not if, if you're not changing from unholy to frost back and forth retro syndragos i think is just too strong i very much mm -hmm. doubt it that the machine gun spec will make a comeback mm -hmm. okay i mean if breath yeah. works and the play style works then that's fine but Jace, I up? think uh, the only the only way they're ever machine the only way machine gun is ever going to come back is if they completely gut breath of Sindragosa, they force all of our mouths open and they just shove it down our throats. That's the only <laughs> way MG's coming back. Okay. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, breath isn't even like its attack power coefficient seems really moderate. Well, it's two hundred eighty-seven point five percent attack power. And but it's Shadow Frost, so mastery there, and it's attack power, so obviously then Pillar of Frost energy there too. But it's not the actual damage it does per tick, it's the fact that how long on average now can you keep breath going? 60 seconds at least. Yeah, over a minute. Uh, depending on if you're using the belt or the bracers and then how many procs you get on average between 50 seconds. It depends on how conservative you play as well anywhere between 50 seconds to, you know, a minute 20 uh, on, on the very top end. Okay. 
Sounds good to me. Well, I think that, that breaks down all the talents and everything. So we can move forward to the, uh, the nitty gritty. So frozen or plagued decisions, decision. This is where if you have any questions from chat, you can feel free to chime in and, and at either myself in chat or one of the guests so we can pop those up. But uh, I'll start off that with sort of a the general topic I had here planned. I have a whole bunch of little bullet points here. I'm not going to bring up all these crazy things. But we've talked about this throughout the whole show as well. But I guess the one thing I want to open with is do you have any thoughts or suggestions toward what you would like fixed or tweaked or changed with either spec? And what would like improve what you guys have been like maybe fighting for that hasn't been changed? Like what would you like fix and jace i'll go to you first and you can go either spec or both um uh, first off I, I wish i really wish arbiter just appeared when you casted her um, so the reason why all of her bugs are in in because she doesn't just appear like uh the fire alley does she descends from you know the sky it, she spawns in the sky descends and then starts attacking which is uh it's just such a stupid little animation it's like ah class fantasy blah 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 you know but like you know, I'd rather have function over class fantasy. I really would. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why she doesn't just, like... Because when you summon your ghoul, like, there's, like, the raised dead animation, and it, like, crawls out of the ground and has a little animation. But if you if you tell it to attack, it, like, automatically goes to attack. So why doesn't the Arbiter just, like, appear from, like, a little swooshy, like, death gate next to you and just spawn? Like, that would be a lot more thematic, too, if she, like, spawns from, like, a death gate. She's like, ah, yes, death lord, you know, and then goes... Because I've seen it before, she's just like... <gasps> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks dumb. Yeah. And that also messes with the soft haste caps because there are certain breakpoints where, in theory, you can get one extra attack in on the Arbiter, which is huge since she only gets mm -hmm. about, you know, 11, 12 attacks. But if it's not reliable, then it's not worth going for the haste cap because sometimes you'll get the extra attack, other times you won't get the extra attack, and it's just really weird. Okay. Nothing for Frost, though, um, Jace? Well, four. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, if it's just anything. Um, I don't know. Like, maybe a lot of people don't agree with me on this, but I, I actually think, like, Nighthold Frost kind of played out really well. There wasn't, like, any complaints I had with the spec. Um, it just played out really well. I guess, like, if I had to say something about Frost, is uh, I think Blizzard really needs to go back and take another look at um, all the other towns that aren't being used that, um, you know, like Obliteration and, and Glacial Advance, like, do something with them because if they don't do you know it, it would suck to have to use them because they nerfed bos into the ground you know it, there's a difference between having to use them because bos just sucks and you know using them because they're just as good as bos in different situations like they're just not good right all right hyper what do you think what would you change in either of those if you could change something Front holy, obviously the arbiter, but other than that, I think they did a really good job fixing the the core issue behind unholy, which was just overcapping on resources. You had all these resources that you couldn't convert into damage because you had to make the choice: do I sacrifice runes or do I sacrifice runic power? At this point, something's gonna get overcapped. I can't use everything, and they did a pretty good job at fixing that. Um, for frost, yeah, I wish some of the talents were good in situational, right? I don't want them to to just buff them up to a crazy amount where you that's the only one you use. But it would be nice to see some situational talents where for pure AoE, I would take Glacial Advance or or for pure single target. Obviously, Obliteration is not going to be better over Breath of Sindragosa now. But it would be nice to have those options with, with the talents where in certain situations, you would have to change something 
because throughout Nighthold, while all of my guildies were asking for tomes, I used, you know, like my five that I got for free at the beginning, <laughs> and that was pretty much it. Um, yeah. But one big change that I would really like to see is for all aspects uh, is rate walk. I wish I could cast uh, like it used to be in in Wad, and I don't know if it was in before, where you get that you're channeling it, but you can actually cast abilities while doing it. That would actually improve it quite a bit. Because on Gul'dan, for example, I ran into this situation where my Breath of Sindragosa was running as a Winds came in because I was I used it to burst down the eye, and I wanted to rate walk to get back to the boss faster. But then again, I had to press ability so it doesn't fall off, and it was this weird. Uh, so fixing it where you can cast abilities while using it would would be a huge change, honestly, for for mobility. Yeah, that's a tough one because there's a. There's a form over function debate there, because Wraith Walk, if they, they if you made if you could cast during it, it would just be a really short term sprint, right? Yeah. Kind of like uh like the the Paladin's Charger, like they can cast during it, but it's a three second sprint. So they can cast during it. So if they made Wraith Walk, like there needs to be something. I almost like the the talents that you could pick for it almost should be baseline for that spec. Like, the White Walker Wraith Walk should just be Frost's Wraith Walk, right? Very iconic for that. Like, specking into it then just feels like, meh. Or Unholy's, you should have, because of the Holy Presence being a thing back in the day, like, Unholy's Wraith Walk should just be faster or last longer. So you get I a little bit more. So. I actually agree with you on this. This is actually a really good point. Like, because yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, man, all these other specs have all these sprints, right? And like yep. no drawback. And now I'm like, okay, well, like yep. DKs have a sprint, but it has a massive drawback. You're pacified. And if you use an ability, it gets rid of it. So I'm like, you know, why doesn't, why can't Frost have, you know, the damage reduction baseline? Why can't Unholies be faster and have a 30 second cooldown baseline? Why can't Bloods? Yep break the roots baseline you know mm -hmm. break stuns baseline well you know maybe not that one but maybe roots that stun seems kind of kind of big there's just it feels like putting because there's not like a talent if there was a talent tier boom 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 three talents that were all wraith walk oriented like mobility oriented talents maybe again chat's asking about you know bringing back death's advance what if there was a talent that was death's advance and it replaced wraith walk but it had some right. drawback that made you like, well, you know, the, yeah. But it's not. It's in a talent tier that's like usually AMS focused, passive survivability focused, or mobility. And mobility is survivability, but it's when it's tied to such a baseline ability that's your only mobility tool. Because enhancement, I have multiple, right? Like I can do AOE sprint, I can do feral lunge, I can do spirit walk. Like I have multiple things. You guys have one. One button. That's all you have. Yeah. So. Well, and this goes back to Blizzard's whole idea for this expansion being about class fantasy. And some guy on Blizzard's team decided that DK class fantasy was we're very slow, very sure. immobile. But once sure. we get on something, it's hard for them to get away. Well, surprise. That's not how it works in PvE or in PvP. Yeah. It's very easy to get away from us. So that class fantasy does not work. Right. So they they scrapped this class fan because uh, from what I was told, you know, we did a lot more damage um, when once we were able to stick on a target. But that doesn't work for PVE because once you get on a target, the boss isn't going away from you. So they kind of like scrapped this idea of you just do more damage while you're on something. But they didn't 
also revert the change to our mobility problems. They're just like, we just got shafted. And it's like, right. I would love if DA came back. I would even be okay if it was just the the increased movement speed on a 30-second cooldown and you didn't have the passive where you can't be lowered, you know, below like 70% of max movement speed. I'd be okay if that part was, you know, was gone. It was just the 30-second on use. The other side of the thing, as you described this, is what if Death's Advance was your baseline movement speed and that one talent actually transformed Death's Advance into a more powerful version, which was Wraithwalk. And then Wraithwalk had the perks and the, and the power of it there, like the DRs or the longer duration, stuff like that, and it changed it. So you had a really small baseline one, which was usable, kind of like how Red Pallies, they have one charge of steed, or they can take two. And obviously, double steed is ridiculous because it's mount speed. I mean, six seconds of 100% speed is way faster than anyone else can move around, at least in that, that time. Outside of like flying dragon kick and nonsense monks, because um, you can't you can't always just fell rush whenever you want because then you get DC'd. I hate that bug still exists, but <laughs> a totally different question here. Um, Frozen asked earlier: Could Breath of Ghost of gameplay be improved if Breath were changed to be a toggle ability like Blade Flurry for rogues? And I wanted to caveat that by saying it exists on Enhancement Shaman. It's called Fury of Air, and it's awful. So, sure, breath could yeah. be a toggle, but it would do shit damage. <laughs> I, just, I don't think it'd be good. I mean, breath has its own unique game stay, uh, game stay, gameplay uh, style, and uh, I think it's fine the way it is. I think breath is fine the way it is. I think the problem is the other two talents in that road just are so terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it would it would be extremely weird because how would you even use it? Every time you get to a hundred runic power, you activate it. Then as soon as you're empty, you deact or it falls off. Yeah. And then when you get back to a hundred, that happens very quickly for DKs. You know, few abilities, you're up to a hundred, you're back down to close to zero. It fluctuates very quickly. So, interesting idea, but I just don't see how it it, it could work for frost DKs, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Why does it have to be a drawback? Yeah. It seems like one of the things that probably will not stay Legion. I think if one of the things that will probably be most likely looked at will be in a like DK mobility, at least from like a thematic sense. Like look at Arthas. He was very slow and lumbering all the time, right? We get it. Like he usually slows other things. Like at least look at how he plays like in Heroes of the Storm. Like landing a Howling Blast, landing that root is how he catches up to you. But he can he can get Death's Advance which gives him the ability to not be slowed, snared, and he has like a short-term sprint, right? And there could be other ways to do it, but just turning you on to King Leoric, and the only way to move is King Leoric, and having a huge drawback is very, yeah, tiring. I mean, if they're gonna, they're gonna make us this slow, make us do like way more damage, that's all I'm saying, you know? Wow. Give wow. us, give us something. How about, uh, also a lot of times, Wraithwalk you use to deal with mechanics, not especially in PvE. You don't use it to just get to the boss because, yeah. you know, that you have to use some sort of mobility to get out with flames or stack up to someone. Um, so it's completely different than, than in PvP, how it's being used in PvP. Mm -hmm. Question from a Northern Man asks about, let's see, where to go. How big of it is a thing to keep Virulent Plague on targets? Big. I mean, if you're taking a talent that makes it tick twice as fast and do more damage, like, it's it's absolutely important, right? I mean, you want it up near 100% uptime. Um, so I, I think it's pretty big. 
yeah, you should be in general, at, yeah. You should be looking at having close to 100% uptime because single target, it's the second hardest hitting ability uh, behind Arbiter. And especially now that the, you know, you stack triple variant plague relics if you get lucky mm -hmm. and it just does a ridiculous amount of damage, you should be looking at maximizing that uptime. Right. Everyone's talking about mobility still. I'm trying to find other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, talked about mean, the, we talked about relics a little earlier in the show. We went over 7.2 stuff. And let's see. Oh, wait. Since there are some undead mobs in the Broken Isles, do you feel blue about control undead not working? Does that not work? You can't... I guess. I don't know. I never I used haven't it tried that. <laughs> oh, you haven't used it. Okay. It's like... It's so whatever. I don't know. That it used to be a thing back in um in Mop in Scolo. Like you would a uh, control undead on and even in um Scarlet Monastery, you would control like these different mobs that would just do so much damage. But uh I mean it hasn't really been like a thing. Early Especially Legion. as unholy. As, as Unholy is not a thing at all in Legion. As Frost or Blood, you could control the uh, Undead Kitty in BRH. And they used to do ridiculous amount of damage before they nerfed it. I still, it's nice as Unholy, as Frost, I mean, is just a little bit of extra damage, but nothing crazy. Okay. You can still control stuff in Lower Kara, like the Wraiths. Hmm. Yeah. Black yeah. or Cold as well, too. Yeah, the Night Elf. Yeah, you get the you Blade can. Dancer. Blade Dancer, then, yeah. In Upper Care, I'm pretty sure you can still control unless they hotfix it. The ghosts in the first pack, there's on teaming, you know, there's like four ads next to each other, four oh ghosts. Yeah. And you can control one of them. Yeah, mm. that's, that's pretty huge as well. She doesn't do much damage, it's just straight up removing her from the fight. Right. Uh, how about uh, Jace? What's your favorite barbecue sauce? Oh, God. Man, there's just too many of them. There's too many to list. There's like. Most of the my favorite barbecue sauces are like local made, so it's not like big chain barbecue sauces out there. But like his favorite type would be like um, like something that you know tastes like normal barbecue sauce, but has like that spicy uh, punch to it. Fuck you, Nightcrawler. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Um, gotta ha gotta have the uh, gotta have the the dorky answer in there too. And um. Let's see. Anything else? Oh, hey, best class mount, best class mount quest chain. I mean, best class mount is debatable. Best class mount quest chain definitely goes to, to Death Knights. Holy crap. It's so good. You can't even argue oh, yeah. with that. It's so good. Yeah. No, it, the DK one was insane. Yeah. I don't know. I think every a lot of the mounts are pretty cool. I mean, like... You know, for Unholy, Blood, and Frost, there's different summoning animations for them. You know, Blood has, like, these blood bubbles, like, popping around it. Unholy has, like, this pestilence cloud crap going around it. I mean, that's all pretty cool. Um, Shamans, it looks really cool, but I've heard some people hate actually, like, using it. Um, no, I love, one... I, I love my sperm tornado. Okay, then, all right. Uh, the, um... The Demon Hunter one's kind of like whatever. The, the I think the best one is clearly the priest one because when I'm on oh, broken God. shores <laughs> and a priest flies by, it's like a it's like a drive by, you know. It's like all these it's... feathers just start going all over my screen. I'm like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> now the best 
the priest mount is you you do the mount special when you can't take off and it's just like glitter everywhere <laughs> oh yeah and the best mount is obviously the wilford brimley owl that druids turned into oh god mm -hmm. the owl he has the exact same mustache do it google it look at it, <laughs> it it's the same mustache it's totally- I mean, the owl is fantastic, and you talk to Faye Belina to change your flight form, so having Faye face in WoW is super cool, damn it, but, yeah. Um, there was another real And real then there's question. the paladin one. You know, you get another horse. The paladin oh, yeah. one's really pretty, though. It's really- it's crispy. It, it, it's one of the nicer horses in the game. <laughs> they the have like one that's really cool. Yeah. The best mount animation definitely goes to Demon Hunter because if you just spam mountain and cancel, you just ah 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 ah, ah. yeah. Don't gift don't gift that. Me. You're gonna gift that chat. I know it. Um, do it. Do it. Yep. But uh, let me see where else was there. Uh, people want to know what's behind you. Oh what's God. There? There's a blue guy sitting behind you, Jace. I wonder what your opinion on what his opinion on DK specs is. Uh. <laughs> uh, so I have a lot of meme inside joke memes on the wall behind me. Um, sure. One of them is like a picture of Sark, and you know he's like the barbecue king. So I got a bunch of rib pictures up on the wall. I have a picture of uh, Stitch saying "Going holy." So you know, there's that. I link that one in chat. So, I mean, that's what Stitch thinks. Everyone should just go unholy. Mm-hmm. How about... Oh, yeah, which is the, um... Which artifact appearance do you both use, and do you prefer? Hyper, what, what do you prefer? Um, I use the swords from Next 10. <laughs> what the ones that sheath on your back. I, I don't like calling but... people edgelords, but Hyper, I mean, there you go. Yeah, I'm I'm the most basic <laughs> when it comes to frosty. Oh, I guess mark. that's better. Yeah, your face. Yeah, okay. Um, for unholy, I'm using the artifact challenge, the red one, with, with that. I think it was a dragon soul dragon set, the the red variation of it. Yeah, so I just got the Gul'dan mount on our last kill, so I was like, eh, it goes nice with that. You know. What do you use, Jace? Uh, so I, I linked my armory in chat so they could look at my transmog, but I'm actually using the, the artifact challenge, but yellow. So when I first got the yellow one, I was like, this is so disgusting. Like, oh. what would ever go with this? It looks terrible. And then I was randomly just looking through all my transmog sets, and it actually looks really good with the paladin, um, the normal paladin transmog set from, um, TOT. It actually looks really good. Right. So that's why I'm using it. Stream. Looks pretty I good. actually, uh, I just was randomly like clicking through things. I'm like, you know, what, what would look good with this weapon? And I actually think it looks sick. I, I really do. I think it looks awesome. Oh, did you actually link your armory? Is that, yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah, so you can see the set Yeah, here, and how here. it looks. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, the yellow is weird. I mean, they just kind of like make the color palettes so that they match different armor sets. Because like yellow, I guess it's like, I guess it's, a, a flavor of pustules, but uh, that's fair. Yeah, the yellow that looks pretty good. That looks pretty so, good. I got made fun of for never changing my transmog in a long time, so I changed it today. But then I got a different color of my hidden artifact, so I got to change it again. Damn it, my pants don't match. Oh, back to the drawing board then, Jace. <laughs> well, I think that'll that'll wrap it up for us. You want to leave the DK community with any little nuggets before we head out of here? Hyper, you know, anything for anyone? Any 
words of wisdom or closing thoughts? Well, thanks for watching. Um, you know, with the big question, obviously, do I go frost? Do I go unholy? It wait until the first week, and it's most likely going to be you have to play both. Or if you're rating at a lower level, just stick to the one you like playing. Honestly, um, but yeah, I look look forward to updated guides. They should be coming out in the next few days over the next few, next week probably. And yeah, thanks a lot for for watching. Okay. Awesome. Jace, how about you? Anything? Um, yeah. I definitely... Everyone was always asking Frost on Holy. Um, you know, Unholy seems very strong on single target. That's probably what I'm going to go. But again, like, Blizzard will do buffs and nerfs uh, probably Saturday or Sunday before Mythic comes out. They're going to look at how everything is doing this week, and they're going to make changes the Saturday or Sunday before Mythic comes out. They did it for Emerald Nightmare. They did it for... Uh, HFC, they did it for Trial of Valor, they did it for Nighthold. So I expect buffs, nerfs. I mean, you know, for all I know, they could crush Unholy and then we'll, everyone will be back to Frost. Or they could crush Frost or they could buff Unholy. You know, no one knows what they will do. So stay tuned for that, I guess. Yep. There's going to be hotfix patch. There's already ones that are planned for Tuesday. And I'm sure there'll be ones on the 27th when Mythic TOS Tuesday unlocks. So just... Uh... <clears throat> Hold on to your, your butts, but I'm going to hit this button right here and close this show out. Well, thank you all very much for tuning in and watching episode number 144 of Final Boss TV. We do have uh, six more episodes to go. Elemental Shamans are up next. The vote was done. After the uh, the next three, then there's the final three, which are Brewmaster Monk, Mister Monk, and Enhancement Shaman. Sort of purposely left to the end, so we'll have one healer, one tank. That'll be the last two we do that can kind of catch up on the how the healing meta and the tanking meta works and then Enhancement Shaman before all that. But that's that for the show today. Thank you all for tuning in and watching. If you've missed any of the show today, be sure you can go check out any of the shows on YouTube. They're all listed there. Again, they're by years, so you can go back and check them out by the years that they were put out. Or you can go check the channel guide and go to the Legion Shows tab down here at the bottom. Hi, see my mouse? At the bottom here. This is going to be hopefully moved over to my new website version when this gets put up. But you can check out all of the shows that have been done and click the links to those. And when we start the, because it's the first pass of two, when the second pass of Legion shows start, that every spec will be separated. There will be a new document for there. But that, you can check out those, of course. But again, around the table real quick to the guests today. There's Hyper, Hyperion. You can go check out his YouTube channel. Hyperion29 and go bother him in Discord. But thank you for your... Time on the show today, sir. It was a pleasure to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was awesome. And there's Jace. You can go bother him with his new and improved uh, audio because I told him how to use his mic properly on Jace DK on Twitch. Uh, yeah, can't believe I didn't know that. I mean, you'll be surprised. You, you got to listen to this and go like, oh, that's what I do sound like. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, this yeah, it's going to be uh, I, I just that's embarrassing. Whatever. It's fine. But are you you're not gonna are you streaming progress? Um, so no, um, my guild does not allow streaming of progress. However, what I know I always upload the the fights uh, that night on YouTube, and okay. uh, what I did for Nighthold is um, we killed like the first three bosses on Mythic, and people were still asking me a bunch of questions on them, and I quickly threw a, a video together with them, and then I just streamed that video you know over and over again like how oh, Blood okay. Legion used to do it. Um, so I'll, I'll do stuff like that, but it won't happen, like, you know, live. All right. 
Well, good luck to whatever were awesome in your your ridiculous nonsense coming up. And then I assume, Hyper, are you going to make any like video stuff for bosses from your perspectives and stuff too? Yeah, I'm probably going to put out the boss kills. And I might actually stream progress too. It's not going to be at that high of a level. We're sure. only US 88, I think, but it's still mythic progress, you know. Uh, if you want to see it from a DK point of view, you can definitely check it out on my Twitch. Awesome. We got all the links, of course, will be down in the description box below if you're watching on YouTube. You can, of course, listen audio only on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Just search for Final Boss TV and then subscribe to it or add it to your RSS feed or whatever, the audio-only version of the show. Again, next week is Elemental Shamans. I've got... I got nothing else. So stay tuned for that. Next week, got some community spotlight shows on the horizon that are not even WoW-related. What? What is that? As the show sort of graduates and grows, I'll be adding things that aren't even WoW-related, so we'll see about that in the future. But thank you again for watching. Trust in your seal of artifact power, because it matters now. Gonna hit Concordance 7 tomorrow, I think? I don't even... What is Concordance? But until next week, everybody... Uh... Bye! Wait! Wait, wait, bye at those people! Wait, bye at them! Wait, yeah! Later. There we go. Later, guys. <laughs>